New at midday, a man in Tulsa now behind bars after a tip came in from a victim in Hawaii who paid $3,000 for Pokemon cards. Tulsa police say Michael McCoy was arrested for allegedly selling fake Pokemon cards on Craigslist to people all across the country. Police had already been looking into that case for months when they got a call from the victim in Hawaii. Now, that person agreed to work with investigators setting up a fake number to trick McCoy into selling him cards again. Police arrested McCoy at a post office where he planned to mail those phony trading cards. A Polk County firefighter is accused of stealing $165 worth of Pokemon cards from a Haines City Walmart. Officers arrested Joel Strickland. Police say uh, Strickland switched the barcodes from lower-priced cards to higher-priced cards. Police tell us Strickland told them he was trying to flip cards because he was struggling financially. Strickland has resigned. A punch in the gut for Punch-Out Gaming in Forest Lake. The small business broken into with thieves making off with thousands in Pokemon merchandise. That's our top story tonight. Mom, I'm not a baby anymore. I'm a Pokemon trainer. And if I'm going to be a Pokemon master, I've got serious work to do. He's got a point there, Delia. Like it or not, he's growing up. And I gotta be ready in case I run into Team Rocket. I preferred if you stayed clear of Team Rocket. No, Ma, you don't know anything about it. I know more than you think. I'll see you later, Trainwell. Mom! You don't kiss Pokemon trainers! You do when they're your little boy. Ma! Uh, when they're your son. Ugh. But you'll always be my little boy. Be careful! Kirby, we have been talking about this, doing this Pokemon podcast for over it's like Pokemon. A year. <laughs> over I just start by stepping on you. No, you're over fine. a year. It's over a year, it's got to. It has to have been over a year now. Yeah, it's been in the works, and we keep putting it off. I think I put it off way more than you did, but uh, we finally got it nailed down. <laughs> we were going to do it over Thanksgiving weekend. That was the last time, and uh, no, we finally got to it. Uh, it's early December. Finally, a day. We can both be in the same <laughs> chat at the same time. <laughs> well, I'm in the oh, Christmas man. spirit. I should probably should get in some chats, huh? Yeah, let me get in. The, let me mm. get in the Kiwi over here. But yeah, it's. Uh, I'm feeling the holiday spirit. I uh, 
I was shocked to hear that you haven't seen the Chim Pokemon episode of South Park, which makes me <laughs> no, wish never that I would have brought more clips of that. But uh, I don't know. This this is your baby. So, like, where do you want to start? Where do you want to go? Abel Kirby well, of Rare Encounter. I mean, it's the holidays. Nothing says Christmas like Pokemon. I, I think I want to stay really close to kind of the pre-9-11 Pokemon stuff. There's a few things I have that go outside of that. But basically talking about Pokemon after like 2002, you know, it's it's not the same as the madness, which is really what I want to address, uh, of, of 1998, 1999. It was an absolute phenomenon when it came out and uh if you were a kid at the time you remember it like it or hate it pokemon was a huge thing um and so i got a bunch of clips i mean there's a maybe a little establishing history might be a good place to start just so everyone knows what we're talking about um wait what's pokemon Pokemon? was (laughs) yeah what's pokemon (laughs) it was a game boy game a japanese game boy game called pocket monsters and it was released in 1996 spring 1996 and later on had a tie-in anime that got pretty popular in 97 in Japan only. And Nintendo was selling a lot of these things. You know, Pokemon had this thing that it did. Um, instead of releasing one game and getting the the money from releasing one game, they split it into two. And they, the Japanese one, they had the red and green versions of the Game Boy cartridges. Right. And in the U.S., those, those were called the red and blue um, but, you know, they effectively were selling uh, two different games that were basically the same game with some kind of di- minor differences between them that are mostly like programmatic. Like you could have the the, the rarity of things was changed. And that's really it. It's it, some of the color palette on the on the um, uh, Game Boy Color versions was a little different, too. But, you know. Basically, it started out as selling two things instead of one, and then the marketing went fucking wild. Um, they wanted to bring it to North America, and they did in 1998. They they brought the uh, the game over, and then the anime, which is a lot of the stuff I have from the anime because it's you know it has voiceover, it's stuff you can clip. And uh, you're, you're talking so about the children's show for- that was aired on Cartoon Network when you say the anime, the, correct? The the children's show that was aired on Warner Brothers Networks is what where it started um warner actually had the original license for it and they worked with four kids to to actually do the dub okay i guess i was seeing reruns by the time i was uh now a little backstory for me before we just just real quick i was one of the like the very christian raised kids that was like harry potter is demonic and witchcraft and pokemon are demons and i was not i was not allowed to own pokemon cards as a child in fact, my cousins gifted some a whole uh, folder, a whole binder of Pokemon cards to me that I was not allowed to keep, and I was forced to um, give away. There's a war going on right now yeah. for the children <laughs> because Satan wants them really bad. Got to exactly. catch them all. Got to get them while they're young. <laughs> Got to induct satanic doctrine. For me and my family, we are going to serve the Lord. Not in the ways of these Pokemon, not in the ways of witchcraft or Satan worship, Absolutely. Does that sound familiar? The, okay, so I <laughs> God, I'm kicking myself now for not pulling the clip because uh, I didn't even think of it. But the my Twitter handle or my Twitter name has always been Pokeman on the go, and it is that stems from a forty to fifty minute long sermon that a pastor gave in Texas, where he is talking about how. The Illuminati is using CERN 
to change the words of the Bible because he remembered the words of the Bible and the lamb of God and the line of God being different or something. And he's this old man. He says, and now I, I have women in the congregation. They say I'm 35 years old and I'm addicted to the Pokemon on the go. I'm play, I'm addicted to Pokemon on the go, which I'm sure we'll get to Pokemon go at some point. But uh, oh, yeah. anyway, I, yeah, we got a bunch of clips coming up. We got a bunch of clips coming up. We got a bunch of clips. No, I got this guy um, doing his thing about, uh, let's play one more. I think he has something about symbols. Oh, let's play Pokemon. Pocket monster. The spiral. <laughs> and it stands for what? Male fertility. It's supposed to be able to mesmerize and hypnotize its enemies. Yes. And this is what the Pokemon does to the children. <laughs> Before Pokemon launched in North America, it was already a huge spend in marketing. Like Nintendo spent $20 million on publicity before Pokemon even launched. And it it's kind of interesting because the only publicity Pokemon had before that spend was actually from the year before the launch when it was like 600 Japanese kids all had a seizure watching the anime. Do you remember that story? I, I vaguely remember this. I vaguely yeah, remember this was... One of the first things that anyone ever reported on Pokemon in, in English was actually about the seizures that were happening when kids were watching the show and it had all these flashing lights inside it. And they would had to go to the hospital. There was hundreds of children had to get um, picked up by an ambulance. Here's the church version of the 618 children had suffered convulsions, vomiting, irritated eyes and other symptoms after watching Pokemon. <sighs> There's something unusual about that they don't know why it happened no well except that they do know why it happened i have the bbc report if you want to jump into that now yeah go for it i, yeah, I will say investigations underway in japan into why more than 600 children suffered from convulsions and vomiting after watching a television cartoon program it's thought that bright flashing lights in the cartoon pocket monsters were to blame andrew burroughs reports Almost every Japanese child knows Pocket Monsters and its star, Pakucho. They play the Nintendo yeah. computer game. <laughs> Pakucho, and it's the Nintendo computer game. I love it. Nintendo. The early reports are full of this kind of shit where people mispronounce everything. It's, it's pretty awesome. They even I, sing. The this is about two minutes, by the way. I've always I used it know. as a counting mechanism. Nine, ten, though. Nine, ten. Nine, ten. Nine, ten, no. And Pocket I don't Monsters have any... Pokemon! I don't have any... Uh, Alex Jones drops or ISOs about Japan. So anytime they talk about Asian people, I will use this one. China. It's close enough. <laughs> that's, that's close enough. Yeah. Millions were glued to the latest cartoon episode when a flashing explosion created from these slowed down images triggered convulsions in hundreds of children. Many were kept in hospital for over 24 hours. Often those affected had no history of epilepsy. More and I want to interject and say... What they don't say in the report is that, like, all of them were found to have epilepsy after. So they had these kids, and they, they continually say in all these reports, like the CNN one I have, um, which is a little more interesting than this for bullshit reasons, but they, they say, oh, and we don't know what happened, and these are children without a history of epilepsy. You, do you know why they don't have a history of epilepsy, uh, Sir Seat Sitter? Uh, well, let me just pause you for a second there, because hold up. <laughs> What if they developed epilepsy afterwards and permanently had it because of Pokemon? 
I think that they had epilepsy and it was just undetected until they saw some flashing lights. And <laughs> all of them, they put them on electroencephalograms. And I don't know how you tell, but from that, apparently you could tell if you have epilepsy or not. And nearly all of them who had to remain at the hospital, turns out they had at least uh, some form of epilepsy. Children had fits when excerpts were replayed on the news. Doctors said, oh, God, I forgot about that. Yeah, they then they played the clips of it on the news showing parents what the what the video that gave the kids seizures looked like. And then more kids <laughs> creamed by it. It was fucking stupid. Victims were shocked into a kind of hit. It's like that movie, The Ring. Like they all do that shit, man. Seven Not days. Chance. Parents are alarmed. Like this videotape's gonna kill you, and we're just gonna keep showing it. Yeah. My brain doesn't fucking work. I always thought it was a cute program that was fine for kids, but now I have to be careful about everything they watch. Yeah, and they go on. I don't know. Is that a Japanese woman talking or a translator? What was that? That was a Japanese woman talking, speaking in Japanese, and then they had a translator translating into English for BBC, who was doing a voiceover. We'll play it a little more. It's not only cartoons, fits have been linked with computer games in isolated cases in Japan and Britain. One child in 200 in this age group of 5 to 20 is what's called photosensitive. Now that means that if a child is photosensitive, flashing lights at a certain rate, most commonly between 10 and 20 flashes per second, may precipitate an epileptic seizure. Exactly. Now, okay, um, two things about that. One, I fully believe that and, and I've, I've seen solid proof that there can be mk ultra type things programmed in people's mind by flashing images that we saw this with the studies in movie theaters where they were say buy coca-cola buy popcorn for a millisecond on the screen and like it, by 30 or 40 percent more people would the concessions would go up so we know that's a real thing but i don't think that's what this is because no my like i know for like they're like flashing lights on the screen dude I know my my grandmother has uh, migraines that are triggered in a same fashion epilepsy is. And I know people that have epilepsy triggers with lights. If you're driving down the interstate in a heavily wooded area and the and the sun is flashing through the trees, the uh, the passage of you going through that wooded area with the sun getting unblocked and blocked by the trees flashing in your uh, eye line strobing. It's yeah, it, it will it will create the same effect as any kind of uh, video game or or cartoon that has yep. strobing lights. Yeah. So that was the BBC's take on it. I think that was a little even handed. Um, I, I, I think it was OK. The CNN one is absolutely fucking. It, uh, let me play this for you, because they had a guy from Nintendo of America on and just listen to the questions. This lady, uh, which is the nicest thing you can call her. Uh, asked him. This is it's a true story. About 700 Japanese school-age kids were rushed to hospitals Tuesday night, suffering convulsions and seizures after they had watched the bright flashing lights of a popular kitty cartoon show called Pocket Monsters. George Harrison is Nintendo America's Vice President for Marketing and Communications. He's on the phone with us from Redmond, Washington. Thank you, Mr. Harrison. Uh, Pocket Monsters, neither the TV show nor the Nintendo game is available in the U.S., right? No, that's correct. Uh, right now, the game is sold only in Japan. And as he's saying this, they're making plays to do a $20 million ad buy to bring it in the U.S. Uh, just <laughs> something to keep in mind. That's the only place that the TV show is on the air. <laughs> I mean, many doctors there, some government officials, have very clearly uh, theorized that it was the flashing lights similar to some Nintendo games in the cartoon show that caused this reaction. So she just linked it to Nintendo games, just just out of nowhere. Similar to Nintendo games. Among hundreds of children. Does Nintendo question that? 
Well, uh, I don't think they've made any uh, connection uh, with similar effects in our games. In fact, they pocket uh, or the Game Boy Pocket uh, itself is a black and white unit that's handheld. Yeah, but, uh, there was something against dumb bitch. one episode of the TV show. And the TV show has been on the air since uh, April of 1997, but something uh, special, I guess, was tried in this one episode, which is not clear to me yet. No one's been able to pin down what it was uh, that uh, led to this. I, I must ask you because I, I will tell you, I'm not one of Nintendo's customers, but I've yeah. heard from parents who bought the things for their kids that even in the U.S. there are warnings on some of those games that such a, uh, light effects could have an impact on children susceptible to seizures. All right, this woman thinks she's setting him up. This is fucking low. Well, yeah, we actually, uh, in our uh, game guides for our software and for our hardware, we have uh, a few warnings uh, for people who might have pre-existing medical Well, that conditions. would seem to indicate somebody's made some connection at your company, Mr. Harrison. No, it just really uh, means that uh, people need to be aware of their own personal sort of medical conditions and think about those. Um, there's very little known about this uh, photosensitivity and how it uh, affects people, and that's uh, one of the reasons that it's hard to pin down. Really quickly, Dr. Elbayumi, because we're almost out of time, but it strikes me as curious that as many as 700 children would have suffered this effect if they had already been advised by their doctors or their parents had that they might have this reaction. Yeah, okay. And that's the entire, it's a three-minute clip, and it's her just, I don't know, being detached from reality. Oh, my God. That was... Uh... There's, a, <laughs> there's a couple of those. Um, it it, it, got, remind, it reminds me of the uh, Dungeons & Dragons, which was before my time, but I've seen old news clips of the Dungeons & Dragons satanic panic fear-mongering, and, and um, the, the echoes and remnants of that definitely affected me. Because, oh, like yeah. I said, I was not allowed to own Pokemon cards, let alone watch the cartoons or play the games, until... I mean, God, I mean, until my parents couldn't control me anymore, pretty much. So, yep. I, it's, so it's, I was, al- sorry, uh, I was get, sorry to interrupt. I was uh, allowed to watch the show and we had the cards, but I had friends who, who weren't allowed to own the cards, but they could play them when they came over to our house. It was one of those sorts of situations. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, like Super Smash Brothers Melee on GameCube was the closest I was ever allowed to get to Pokemon. Just dipping my <laughs> oh, toes that's in. right. You- you're uh, you're a little younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we played Super Smash Brothers on the Nintendo 64. Um, oh. I got more. So now that you say the the Satanic Panic, I'm gonna play one or just just to as an entremont. We'll sprinkle these in. They actually show the energy balls that, that is used to make these monsters bigger and better. Look at the yellow. What do you see? Lightning bolt. Lightning bolt. Look here. So what he's doing is he has the Pokemon trading cards up on a projected screen, and he's showing the energy cards, right? So there's the lightning energy, the fire energy, and so on. All-seeing eye. Up here is the clenched fist, symbol for rebellion, anarchy. Powerful witchcraft symbol where my finger is. Down here is another powerful witchcraft symbol. And down at the bottom here, this blue ball down in here is the symbol for energy of water it's a water droplet he said blue balls he said blue balls he said blue balls man there's yeah there's some erotic things going inside here uh no i i I won't uh i'm like i said i'm kicking myself for not bringing it but in post (laughs) once this episode is released i will put if not the full thing at least a chunk of that sermon where i'm talking about that pastor talking about pokemon on the go because it's the same type of fear-mongering shit it's it's wild it's it's like um well, you know what? I'll come back to this. We'll revisit this. 
Good yeah, point. yeah. Here's here's a little bit more eroticism. Remember, I said that they get their energy through energy balls. Energy little balls. cute little Pikachu, and he's being energized by an energy ball. And now you notice he's not quite so cute anymore, and his little satanic tail is really erect. <laughs> zap, zap, Jesus. Uh, zap, zap, exactly. I just had a freaking psychological orgasm. <laughs> He had some problems, too, with Misty. Here's the next character. This is Misty. Look at this. <laughs> if this was actually clear, you'd see that that's a halter top. It stops right there. And she's got short shorts on. She's headstrong and stubborn, constantly arguing with Ash. I'm serious. Typical woman. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Holy so, boy. obviously... Pokemon made it, and one of the ways that you can tell it made it is because it's being denounced, and it was being denounced not just by some fringe um, religious groups, but they're major um, religious organizations in the U.S. They're hard to document. I remember this in my community growing up. There were some churches which were just like, Pokemon's the devil. And some of my friends went there. I couldn't find any official pro- proclamation from the uh, Catholic Church. I was trying to find, like, the Pope saying, don't play Pokemon or something. I could not get that. Um, but it must be the Mandela effect. I, I could have <laughs> sworn that happened when I was a kid. But it it might have been a local denomination or something. Um, well, allow me to anyway. connect some dots that I haven't connected until, like, just in the last 30 seconds, if you'll bear with me here. My... Um, I think that there's there's a there was a reason for the uh, the Christian. I, I guess it's a bias, a bias of the Baptist and evangelical crowd was always. I was always raised to think that like Hindu gods and Buddhist gods and the Brahmin and Shiva and all this stuff was satanic and those were demons deceiving the Asian people. So just this is just a you know harebrained thought i'm having right now but maybe the christian crowd was already predisposed to think that anything that came out of asian culture was demonic because oh it, uh, yeah i mean I'm sorry keep interrupting but you you hit the nail on the head man just on the demonic stuff i'm gonna play out a couple more of these just to get rid of them okay the cadabra character has a pentagram on his forehead i'm sorry can you restart that and oh the cadabra the Kadabra character has a pentagram on his forehead. Is that true? And he has SSS across his chest. Well, that's cool. Satan's solemn servant. The Kadabra character is always pictured on the card with his left hand giving the satanic salute. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a good thing to Is it true with, that uh, there's a pentagram stuff. on there? I don't know. I didn't even fact check that. You know, this they've got so many oddball things just wrong that I just stopped trying to fact check things and I can't remember. Yeah. Uh Pokémon. I've searched for so many Pokémon well, things right now. I'm going to play I'm going to play some clips real quick out of order. Um from what I was planning on, but like the way you, you took an angle I wasn't expecting, so I think this will work better this way. Trey Parker and Matt Stone did a episode when Pokemon was first taking off, because they're usually, uh, you know, they, they come up with an episode and typically within a week or two, that thing is on TV from like the writing process to airing. And mm-hmm. unlike, unlike most shows like the Simpsons and family guy, that's like eight or nine months later that comes on. So that's why it's usually on top of the cultural zeitgeist. And 
I will I will just go ahead instead of playing the South Park clips, I'll play their interview if I can find it. Jesus Christ. I should have not exported your <laughs> all your clips into my same folder. <laughs> um Well, you know what? No, I'll just I'll just well, go I'll, ahead. I'll I can I, I got, can I, I can make a Trey Parker Matt uh, Stone connection if if you yes. need some time. So, in addition to some of the other things, some of the the funnier clips that I that I got, or one of my my favorite clips, I should say, are actually from Pokemon Live, which was a live staged musical. And um, the the connection that I wanted to make was one of the cast on there. It was his first. I'm trying to remember exactly which uh, what the guy is Dominic. Uh, I think it was the guy who played Brock. Uh, ended up playing um, the lead role in the Book of Mormon, and it, so his first role was the lead was one of the lead roles in Pokemon Live, like his first ever role. So the guy that and wasn't Josh on, Gad uh, wasn't Josh Gad. Josh Gad was the uh, like Arnold Cunningham, and uh, the lead role was like the uh, just. The, they said if Trey and Matt said if they ever made a Book of Mormon movie, it would Justin Bieber would have to be the lead role. So I'm assuming you're talking about that <laughs> that guy. Um, I, I got that information from an interview with the the dude who was doing all the music for the um, for the uh, show, which I, I I cut that bit out of the interview. Like I have the interview section that I that I clipped, and I omitted that because I thought it would be totally irrelevant. <laughs> so I didn't well, I clip did, it. I did the part find where the, he says his name. I did find the clip I was looking for. It's uh. So Matt and Trey, this is right after they they were nominated for an Oscar for best song, and they lost to um, uh, Phil Collins, which is why later they did an episode making fun of Phil Collins, saying that only people on Ritalin like Phil Collins, and it was a, a, a skewering of the over prescription of ADHD medication. But before that, Matt and Trey went to the Oscars for the South Park movie, and they wore they wore dresses and dropped a bunch of acid. And so this clip starts with them ending that story and leads into the uh, Pokemon story. Oh, my God, we have to get out of the limo right now. Like, you know, I mean, there was that moment where, like, bail. Suddenly it wasn't, like, just a prom gag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Suddenly it was more serious. Now, speaking of people that would be angry at you, Barbara Streisand. You guys have gone after Barbara Streisand time and time again. You seem to enjoy mocking Barbara Streisand. It's not, we're not mocking Barbara Streisand. We hate her. We hate her. And it's it's like... People always like, don't you get sick of making fun of, you know, of hating Barbara Streisand? It's like, no, you get sick of hating Satan? No. It's right. <laughs> when you see evil, you must you fight must it. That's destroy your... evil. Yeah. That's yeah. what we actually, we actually view our job, like people don't, like, we are kind of freaky because we do view our job as we are fighting the good fight against evil. Yeah. Whether it's Barbara Streisand or, the or politicians Awards, or Academy Awards, like, yeah. we fight the good fight. Yeah. Right. You may not be on our side, but it does give us strength. only two people on our side. It does give us strength. Yeah, well, there's, a, uh, there's, there's, there's also this Pokemon phenomenon that you guys went after early. I mean, oh, yeah, that's people, what... uh, Pokemon sort of like, like Hitler, it got out of hand, you know? Because yeah. that was the only problem with Hitler. He just got out of hand. Yeah, he, he got, just out, got, a little yeah, he got, got out, out of hand, hand and he started going, uh, but people didn't stop him early enough. You guys but, got on the Pokemon no, you know, thing it's early. Because well, we're, we're doing a new show that's a sitcom because we hate sitcoms, so we just figured we better do one. And um, Why do you hate sitcoms? I'll tell you why. Because you the same reason I hate Pokemon. No, because because yeah, Pokemon, it's the same thing. We were watching Pokemon, and it was kid. It was this thing directed to kids, going, "You've got to collect them all. You've got to collect them all." And kids are like, "We got to collect them all. We got to collect them all." And it was like, "You love Pokemon. You love. Po- we love Pokemon." It's like and it's everyone the same loves Raymond. Everyone loves Raymond. Everyone you love this guy. Love you love him. He's a great guy. He's got a great family. You love him. 
<laughs> and, that's and the next thing you know, so the next thing you know, it starts going up in the ratings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Raymond Coe. I love Raymond Coe. Sitcoms are like Pokemon for adults. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Well, you know what's Raymond? What's ingenious is that they used to in the seventies, late seventies, they they invented with Star Wars, make a movie that then immediately comes out with action figures. Right. Then they said, let's just. Why are we doing that? Why don't we just skip a beat and go right to making movies that have toys as right. the stars? No, exactly, right. exactly. Which and is, that's what, I mean, if I had thought of that, I yeah. in the movie, the hero has to collect them all. Yeah, get them, go get them. And so like, we, I did, go get them. we did a South Park because we watched this whole thing. We're like, you guys, this is Japanese. They're they're up to something, you know? Like something's going on. Speaking of and something so, got out of hand, the yeah, Japanese. So, and, you know, it's the so, Germans. China? I think the, the theme tonight should be the Germans and the Japanese yeah, got yeah, way yeah, out of hand. Out of hand. We, that's why in the South Park version it was called Chimpokomon, and it was like the Japanese sort of using this to take over the world, which I'm not, you know, I don't think it's so far from the truth. China. Was that Chimpoke? Is that on purpose supposed to be penis mo- penis monsters? Uh, Chimpokemon, according to Trey Parker at the time, I didn't clip this part, but he says Chimpokemon translates to small penis in Japanese. Chimpokemon. It's penis something. It's, yeah. I got uh, it. I've never seen that episode, but it, yeah. Well, definitely. I'll, I'll play it while I'm on it. I might as well. Uh, let me, let me uh, play. This is, I think this first clip is when uh, Pokemon, Car- Eric Cartman first sees uh, Chim Pokemon on TV. No, Kenny, these are my spicy hot Louisiana baked chicken tenders. No, Kenny! Someday I will collect all the Chim Pokemon, then I will fight the evil power that will reveal itself once all the Chim Pokemon are collected. Oh? Mm-hmm. No, Kenny, you can't have these chicken tenders because they are mine and I keep mine to myself. Uh-huh. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for another inexplicable episode of Chim Pokemon. Hooray! Hey kids, do you love Chimpokomon? Yes. Well now you can buy your very own. I've got to buy Chimpokomon. I've got to buy it. I've got to buy it. Now you can collect them all. Furry cat, donkey trunk, penguin, shoe, lamb toy. Collect them all and you can become Royal Crown Chimpoko Master. Royal Crown Chimpoko Master, holy sh- All the Chimpokomon are in stores now. Chimpokomon is super you love toy number one. <laughs> By the way, that's... the. They did a rare thing, especially for back then. They had a real video embedded in the cartoon of a real life Japanese woman going, <laughs> so it's like, it's like they, they broke, they broke form and used a real footage of a woman embedded in the TV of the cartoon <laughs> telling you, you need to buy them. Eric, calm down. Mom, must go, must buy. What is it, Eric? Mom, I've only just heard. They're making some Pokemon dogs, Mom. You can collect them all. You can collect them all, Mother. Quick, we must get to the toy store. I'm making us some lunch right now, Eric. But, man, I have to get a Pokemon doll before everybody else does, because then I'll be cute. Can't it wait till tomorrow, hon? But, man, I have to get the first one, as people won't think I'm cute. All right, let's go. Sweet. Everybody's gonna be so jealous when they see my Chimpokomon. Oh, God damn it! Hey, fat ass. Hey, dickhole, I guess you saw the commercial too. Yep, I got Roostor, Lambtron, and Shoe. Well, that's nice, but I'm gonna get a penguin. He's the cutest. God damn it, there's no more penguin! Kenny, penguin is my favorite. That's the last one. Let me have it. Mm-mm. Meh. Meh, Kenny, let me have Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, give me mm. pink. Mm. Honestly, I don't see what they find so amusing about those things. They're so strange. Where are they from? Well, it's some new big thing from Japan. I tell you, those Japanese really China. know how to market to kids. I've got to collect all Chimpokemon. I've got to 
collect them all so I can become Royal Crown Chimpoko Master. Oh! Buy all the Chimpokomon and you will have happy feelings. I have to become Royal Crown Chimpoko Master. Let's collect Chimpoko Master. China? That's... <laughs> Uh, so I guess uh, to tie it in, the even Trey Parker and Matt Stone in a slightly different but somewhat similar way were uh, fear mongering, I guess, about Pokemon. <laughs> uh, and I, I get it was tongue in cheek. I get, but at some point in the episode, and like they said on in that clip when they were on Conan O'Brien, they. <laughs> They are. They believe that the Japanese are using Pokemon to take over the world. And in that South Park episode, that God, it must have been. I mean, it wasn't too far off from when South Park was actually using stop animation with uh, construction paper cutouts. It's like this is early South Park when this was going on. And uh, the, <laughs> later in the episode, the adults start to realize that the Pokemon d- uh, action figures and dolls have microchips embedded in in them and they say certain phrases against the united states government like brainwashing children to be like you hate america don't you yes 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 and so this (laughs) this is one of the parents flies (laughs) to japan (laughs) one of the parents flies to japan and confronts china about this hello notice how i said china (laughs) hello it was japan hello Red Harris, I own a toy store in America. Please state purpose. Uh, I want to know what the hell you people are doing with these dolls talking about bringing down American government and all. I am President Hirohito, and this is Mr. Ose. Peace to meet you. We understand you have big concern about our fine product. Well, yes. Do you mind telling me what the hell this is about? The American government lies to you. Join the fight for Japanese supremacy of the world. More to come. Well... Uh, that is so strange. I do not know how this could happen, but rest assured I will make sure it does not happen again. Well, now, come on. I don't think that that quite satisfies my... You are American? Yes. Oh, you must have very big penis. Excuse me? I was just asking you what you're up to with these toys. Nothing. We are very simple people with very small penis. Mr. Horse's penis is especially small. <laughs> We cannot achieve much with so small penis, but you, Americans, wow, penis so big, so big penis. Well, I, I guess it is a pretty good size. Minasan, kite, kite. This man has a very big penis. What an immense penis. Well, it certainly was nice meeting you, folk. I just wanted to bring that little malfunction to your attention. Bye-bye now. Goodbye. Thank you for stopping by with your gargantuan penis. <laughs> so, Trey, Trey and Matt, uh, like like I said, it's tongue-in-cheek, but at the same time, they, they seem to be pushing the narrative that it was some kind of uh, dangerous Japanese plot. Uh, not too far off from what the Christians thought of it. And... The, the whole premise is the Japanese, well, chimp Pokemon, small penis, it's it's disarming because if you brag about how small your penis is, it disarms the American uh, 
the the threat the threats of Americans are completely disarmed because uh, now they feel better about the size of their penises. And it's it's not. I mean, if you ever seen Japanese porn, it's kind of like pretty much still going on to this day. If you ask me, Dick is awesome. I love Dick. Sugarettes. <laughs> I think it's funny that they they use that plot in South Park <laughs> because that's very very similar and I'm not this is no shit that's the very close to the plot of the actual Pokemon Live musical where they have a commercial that's going out to get all the kids to come in and fight with their Pokemon but it's really a, a way for the secret organization to take over the world that's actually the story of the uh, storyline of the pokemon musical when did the, what uh, year did the musical come out it had to have been like a decade after that south park episode right hell no no it was 1999 oh shit what do you i guess it was, was like right or the same yeah. year probably let me yeah, see it was what, right it was well, it may, might have been 2000 i don't know it was really close in pretty close um uh, but by the way, um, Andrew Reynolds was the guy I was thinking of. He played James, one of the Team Rocket guys in the in the uh, Pokemon Live, which was the name of the live action musical, which was a full like blown production. It was done by the Radio City Production Company. They went and did a whole national, and it, it was an international tour. They were in Canada, the U.S., um, and then they went and had kind of like a residency. I think it was at the Radio City Music Hall for a long time. No, it was two thousand. Yeah, the, uh, the South Park episode was 1999. I just looked it up. Okay, yeah, they beat it then. But they that was the the plot. I actually got a clip of this. This is when they're seeing the commercial trying to entice people to go get this uh, fake thing. Did you see the commercial for that new Pokemon badge? <laughs> Who's the diamond badge? I sure did. It's on every channel, even PBS. <laughs> <laughs> that badge is awesome. And what so I, the hell is this? I actually clipped that because he goes, it's on every channel, even PBS. I love that thing. I've already downloaded my map. Yep. <laughs> He's already got his map. Oh, my God. So the the musical was, was pretty awesome. Um, just to shift topics just a little bit. I want to get this out of the way. Is this um, a Rule 34 type musical? Fuck the internet. <laughs> no, it was for kids. It was a kid's show. Um, it had some humor for adults and for children inside. The like, let me give you a taste of what it is. It's like I have a I have a one bit of Ash fights the villain, as you might know. What the main villain in Pokemon, at least where the start was, a guy named Giovanni, who was this <laughs> vaguely Italian guy who ran a mob-like Pokemon enterprise in the in the storyline. Real of, quick, of by Pokemon. the way, I want to go on record and say the only protagonist named Ash that I look up to is Ash from Ash versus Evil Dead. <laughs> okay, Army of Darkness. This is. This is Ash versus Giovanni is the name of this clip. Um, wow. This is kind of what the musical has in store if you listen to it. Thank you, Ash Ketchum from Pallet Town. Now nothing can stop me. I can and I will. Go away out of your league. You're more than that's your match. Guess you're slowing down, old man. Can't hit what you can't catch. It's weird. The whole world will know the genius of my plan. I will find a way to stop you any way I can. You're such a goody two shoes. It's more puffy and bad. No one's gonna side with you. You're stuck raving mad. 
And so they have this, it's it's a really fun stage show. There's some videos of it up on YouTube of the whole show. And uh, it's it's not quite caught in the audio, but the, just the guys up there. Giovanni is this, you know, villain who has, like, backup dancers in Team Rocket uniforms doing all kinds of moves every time he says anything or does anything. What is it with it's Nintendo making Italian, see. it's like Italian face. They have Mario, <laughs> they have a Giovanni. It's like it's a pizza face. Yeah, pizza yeah, face. Pizza. <laughs> 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 and uh, by the way, anytime I don't know the, the, what I've heard from this musical so far, and just the entire vibe of Pokemon gives me this vibe right here. I have ice cream. I have cookies. I have candy. Five year old. <laughs> it was a. It was Get geared towards the children. They had. Do I? Do we have to introduce Team Rocket? I've I've got a clip of Team Rocket from the musical, but I feel now, like we should introduce it. As a as a uh, per- personal Psyduck stan, is is that what they called a stan or a simp? I'm a Psyduck stan. I'm a Psyduck simp. Psyduck was my favorite Pokemon as a kid. Okay, uh, but I gotta say, Meowth, pretty cool. So when it comes to Team Rocket, I'm I'm Meowth. Meowth is pretty cool. So I want to tell the listeners who might not be familiar um, with all of this, or maybe they just want a, a little bit of nostalgia. Team Rocket was the villain trio inside the Pokemon TV show. And they were just the long time. They showed up in every episode. They would burst in, um, and they'd have this super theatric introduction every single episode. They would say the exact same thing, like the smoke bomb would fill the room and their silhouettes would appear. And suddenly that the old man behind the counter at the store turns out they were actually Team Rocket in disguise. When they get discovered, they laugh and they uh, they always recite the same stupid thing. Prepare for trouble. Make it double. To protect the world from devastation. To unite all peoples within our nation. To denounce the evils of truth and love. To extend our reach to the stars above. Jesse. James. Team Rocket blast off at the speed of light. Surrender now or prepare to fight. Me. Meowth, that's right. Meowth, that's right. <laughs> they basically did the same thing every single episode. They would always show up and say the same 20-second bit. Uh, sometimes there were variants. I got one variant I thought was funny in my, my research. Uh, this was a little clip of an alternate version. To protect us from all that taping and itching. It might finally stop all of Jesse's complaining. <laughs> that, that, that one of those in there. <laughs> man, there's... I don't. There's there was something so weird about Team Rocket for sure. But now, I, okay, so I have a question. When it comes to because I was bef- I was introduced really to Super Smash Brothers Melee on the GameCube before I was introduced to Pokemon. Yes. When you knock somebody so far off the map into the background that it just goes ding and turns into a little star, did that originate from how Team Rocket would die on Pokemon and then it got incorporated into Smash? Is or yes. am I just Every- reading too much into it? They had the same intro and the same exit from every episode. So they had that, that was their intro they did. And on the way out of the episode, they'd have some scheme. They're trying to steal Pikachu, was their yeah. thing. And it, or, or some other convoluted scheme. They're basically like, like, they're cartoon villains, but they were, they were funny too. Uh, so, it, uh, anyway, but is my, is my just retarded assumption correct that 
the I, Super Smash there. Brothers I, I, ding. Okay, okay, sorry. Yeah, I, I'm going to play a clip in a second. The I have that bit actually, and so whatever they were trying to do in the episode, whether they were trying to I don't know steal something, steal Pikachu, or set up some trap, it would always backfire. It would always explode in their face, and they get flung off into the distance, yeah. and they'd say. <laughs> Yeah, the ding. Every time. With the ding. <laughs> yeah. And I believe that's where it came from. It, se- it seems like, and it, I mean, it's one of those, I do. I actually didn't even make that connection until I was thinking about doing this episode. And as soon as I looked back on it, I was like, that has to be where the Smash Brothers, like, you get thrown, like, as soon as you, like, if you were, uh, what I would always do when I was playing Smash Brothers Melee is if I wasn't Mr. Game & Watch, which I would always kick ass as Game & Watch, and everybody hated me for it. It was like just the biggest troll move I could do as a little kid. But if I wasn't Game & Watch, I would be Mario or Dr. Mario because they had the same move. You would grab onto somebody and then just spin your left stick and start like getting momentum and throw them off the map. And if their health was low enough or damage was high enough, however you look at it, then it would throw them off the map far enough that it would do that same and turn into the star and it just had like i was that's what i was thinking is like it has to be a team rocket reference and now you've confirmed that for me and i i don't feel so like schizophrenic because at first i was like i'm just reading too much into it but now you've confirmed that for me and the bible tells us that and the bible tells us that and the bible tells us that let's see i've got now that we know who team rocket is i've got some clips of them on how they did the stage show and they, they do a little crowd work when they show up in the show and <laughs> i clipped it from their new york city so they're in new york city team rocket shows up and uh, this is what they do to the kids the original matt Rife. Huawei team rocket <clears throat> can you hear them barely <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who are we? Um, <clears throat> these New York fans are pretty wimpy. The kids in Cleveland yelled a whole lot louder. Cleveland rocked. Next to them, these New Yorkers sound like a bunch of babies. Oh. Maybe we should give them one more chance. It could be they're yelling challenged. I think we're wasting our time. Well, probably, but what's it going to hurt? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Who are we? Oh, 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 you're crazy. So, well, I guess you were wrong. Oh, you mean you were wrong? No, I mean you were wrong. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. That's enough, you two knuckleheads. All right. And so I really loved that bit when I saw it. Um, when I was doing some research for this show, I, I watched most of the most of that thing, and I thought that was just really fun. At whatever city, because they were on tour, every city they went to, they just shat on because they they're doing a heel um, kind of thing. I'm, I don't know. I, I'm a fan is of it, wait, no, Was this on ice by chance? <laughs> on ice? Yeah. No, was it this? wasn't on ice. No, it was a state <laughs> show. Um, it wasn't on no, ice. I meant, I, I meant ice is in the street slang of ice. No. <laughs> <laughs> so the actors weren't on meth. No, I was actually saying like, was it? Because it seems like uh, it seems like something that would be on ice based on it. I, I, now, 
of all the pr- productions you've seen live, how does this one stack up? <laughs> I guess the it's not it's a kids production. So I've seen a lot of live musicals myself. Um, some of my favorites were um, the Toxic Avenger had a really good one. I actually. Um, yeah, I would say that's probably my favorite. Uh, also, the Rocky Horror Show, not the Rocky Horror Picture Show, but the Horror Show is the live action W-H-O-R-E. That was hella fun. Um, no, it's just horror. But it was oh. one where you're encouraged to to yell at the actors through the entire <laughs> show, and so there's a lot of heckling going on. It is fucking fun to be in that audience. So a lot of basically telling the uh, the actors they're sluts. Nice. <laughs> screaming it out the whole audience does it it's pretty so cool. i wasn't too far let me ask you this april kirby um yes. what would be your fondest memory because you're you're not so old that you weren't a kid when pokemon was going on what would be your fondest memory of pokemon from your childhood oh, just just playing the game boy game with my friends and my brother did you ever play the card game hell yeah okay so, but you you I preferred lo- the you preferred the Game Boy game to that. Yeah, I I think the Game Boy well video games have had a a weird hold on me. I like how expansive they are, and the card game I did get really into card games. It's the only card game I ever really paid attention to. I I couldn't do any of the other ones. Yu Gi Oh was kind of popular um, when I was getting a little too old for it, but the um, the cards just they had an aspect a competitive aspect to it which I didn't like. Um, I guess I didn't like, I liked it when it was more cooperative and, uh, I don't know what that says about me, but, uh, I I forgot to announce abs in a six pack episode 221 will be a Digimon episode with cold acid. (laughs) Oh, fuck. That's going to be fun. (laughs) I made that up, but I think it could happen. (laughs) Yeah. Digimon, um, dude, you remember Digimon? (laughs) Digital monsters. (laughs) See, I heard Digimon are the champions. Just, it would, just what I heard. It would make sense that Digimon would beat Pokemon, I guess. <laughs> I don't know who'd win right. in a fight, Digimon or Pokemon. Hmm. I don't mean okay. I'm derailing. Keep, keep continue with your presentation. You got so much stuff. All right, let's uh, let's try and get back on the rails. We, that that musical was, I think, 2000, 2001. That was still in the midst of Pokemania. Uh, I got some reports on Pokemania from 1999, Christmas 1999, uh, just kind of what was going on in 1999 with Pokemon. So Nintendo did that huge publicity buy, and they did stuff like they they got Topeka, Kansas to rename its city to Topeka Chu. It sounds fucking ridiculous, but they actually did that. Uh, they had skydivers jumping out of planes with hundreds of toy Pikachus. <clears throat> uh, they had, tw- tw- I got to look at my notes to get the number right, 20 VW bugs, Pika bugs, painted and fit with um, Pikachu ears and tails. And they put video game uh, like screens inside the back and they would drive around the, <laughs> drive around the U.S. Um, promoting Pokemon. And parking at malls and and showing off Pokemon merch and clips of the show, which I think had not aired yet. I, I'm not sure about Ugh. that. But I got one of the Pokecar promos just to just to show that it exists. Oh, that must be the Pokecar. And be sure to watch out for it too. Ten Pokecars will be cruising around giving away lots of free stuff. You can track where they are on your computer. www.pokemon.com 
All right, she said 10 polka cars, but 20 were built, and I, it might be that they were in two batches. I think some of them were in the Macy's Day Parade. At the time, like in 1999, by, by um, Thanksgiving, they were trying to get a Pikachu float in the Macy's Day Parade, but they couldn't get it in because they were already booked. So according to the New York Times, they had uh, Gene McFadden had um, – they say every every other big kitty star except Pikachu was there. By the time Pokemon hit, they were just committed to the lineup in the parade already, and they couldn't change. And the Pikachu didn't start uh, – didn't appear, I think, until 2001, but they were trying to get it in. But it's just – I don't know. The way things were booked, they were, they were unable to do that for a long time. Um, so, you know, right off the bat, the first year uh, – within the first year, they had sales of – the whole IP by April 1999 had sales of nearly $5 billion. Cartridges were $70 million of that. For comparison... That's okay, real money. <laughs> That's some money. Just, just for comparison, Teletubbies was pulling $83 million in 1998. Tamagotchi was pulling $80 million, So they're a little behind in the cartridges. But Pokemon trading cards uh, were doing $310 million. Toys were doing $110 million. Forgive it's my fucking ignorance. insane. Yeah, I was about to say, forgive my ignorance, but did Pokemon cards ever surpass things like baseball cards and shit like that? Um, I don't know. Mainly because I don't know about... I, I'll tell you, in the current era, Pokemon cards are kind of like a Nepo baby collector item. It seems to be the only people who who uh, brag about them are like people who are famous on TikTok. Right, um, right. But... Well, I mean, uh, I guess this might be a good time to bring in... This story, um, this is a oh. article from PC Gamer. Man steals oh, oh, Pokemon before. cards on. Oh, sorry, am I stepping on you? <laughs> I want to. I want to do a lesser. I want to build to that because okay. I have a, okay. a probably a less impressive yes. Pokemon um, uh, card clip, and I want to get it out in front. I just have to be smart enough to know which clip it was. I'm sorry for stepping on you and not having it ready. No, you're good. Um, who's that? What's Pokemon going on? <laughs> cards i think i filed it under cards like too many here we go this is from uh kprc tv that seems to be the most valuable toy right now that's what everybody wants they have the trading of the cards and so i don't know how it goes but i'm gonna get it for them they're in high demand kids everywhere are snatching up pokemon cards left oh this is in houston i should add left and right it was his birthday money and meet Tammy Oceanbean. Her 13-year-old son Zachary bought Pokemon uh, cards at a nearby <laughs> store. He was so Hang on a second. Her name is Oceanbean, okay? Okay. I just <laughs> I was like, did I hear that right? Yes, it, her name is Oceanbean. I did about getting a, the ones that he had been missing out of his collection, <laughs> but he quickly realized they were fake. We got one of them out and he looked and of course he could see through it. Zachary was heartbroken, so he did what most kids passionate about Pokemon would do. He tried getting his... He tried killing his parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No. He tried getting his money back. His money back. He goes into the store and tries to tell the guy that they're fake, and the guy said, look, sometimes we get look. fake ones, sometimes we get real ones. We don't know. The fake carts are made of very poor cards. Yeah, so can you imagine, like, what the comic book guy? southern accent <laughs> representation was that? Like, she's talking normally, she goes, look, sometimes we get real ones, sometimes we get fake oh, ones. Man. We don't know. And then she goes back to talking normal. Fuck you, lady. So, 
fucking half of that guy I was playing his thing. This character over here is called Mewtwo. That guy, half of his clips, I can't remember which ones, they all start with look. Look at this. He, yeah, start, he always starts with look at this. Ugh. Pokemon Psychic Surprise. <sighs> look at this. Look at this. This creature right here is called Haunter. <laughs> Little Pikachu down here, he's crying his eyes out. He's not cute, and even Ash doesn't look cute anymore. No. So that was Pokemon, and then uh, why don't we do yours? And I have one counterfeit clip, the Logan Paul thing. Oh yeah. Okay. Well. So okay. So this. Well, this is just a news article. I, I have some clips on other stuff, but yeah, this is from PC Magazine. I, I first heard about this uh, way. Well, not way after the fact, but slightly after the fact. I heard it from uh, on Dick Masterson and Vito Giswaldi's show, Biggest Problem in the Universe. Uh, they were. This was brought up because Vito uh, got caught stealing Magic the Gathering cards from Target, and then a listener of the show who worked for security at Target got the footage and published it just to embarrass Vito, the host of the show. And uh, somehow that led to them bringing up this news story. This is how I first heard of this. Uh, This is uh, the headline on PC Magazine. Man steals Pokemon cards on the job in largest theft the game has ever seen. Tries to sell his haul, but the law is super effective. So essentially, this guy <laughs> was such a fucking dumbass. He was working on the assembly line, and he stole a bunch of rare Pokemon cards. And instead of one by one pawning them off like you should do, it's like if 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 you steal, if you rob a jewelry store or rob a bank, you want to spend that money slowly or sell those diamonds slowly. You don't want to just dump the whole thing at once. But this guy was working on the assembly line, stole... Well, I, I don't want to talk out my ass too much. Let me just uh, kind of peruse the article here. Uh, Pokemon is one of the biggest entertainment brands on the planet, and one of its most popular and profited offshoots has always been the Pokemon trading card game. Part of TCG's appeal, the trading... I don't know. What the, what's TCG? Do you know? Trading card game. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. I was overthinking that one. Uh, part of TCG's appeal... Uh, Appropriately enough, is that it was the is the ever evolving ecosystem that constantly receives new sets and lines to keep the new collectors happy. Unfortunately, a somewhat hapless thief's get rich quick scheme has enraptured the community as well as opening a very specific old wound. So uh, this guy basically was like he's overseeing the process of the cars being minted, steals a good amount of the very well, uh, very rare and therefore um valuable cards and instead of selling them one at a time sells them all at once and uh and he got busted and this this is something that um probably happens all the time i would say except usually people are smarter about it i would imagine does that make sense it's like it seems like yeah this probably so there's some people constantly. who pulled one over. Yeah, yeah there's some yeah. people who pulled one over on Logan Paul, and I've got the the intro clip which explains it. I I had to heavily edit it. His his channel is unwatchable. Um, at least this video. I even watched his whole channel. I liked but his podcast. Actually, an, I liked his podcast. It's actually okay. an outdated style for YouTube videos. I don't know. Yeah. It just fe- it actually feels like it's an old style of making YouTube videos. Uh, That's like his opinion, man. So here's the intro. According to him, I butchered this a little because it's 
had to make it palatable. We're sitting in the vicinity of 11 first edition base set Pokemon boxes. This, this will probably never happen again. He released this photo to Twitter. Just dropped three and a half million on the sealed and authenticated box of first edition Pokemon cards. This was the most anybody had ever spent on Pokemon cards ever. I'm going to tell you why I don't trust the case, the contents, or the authentication. Okay, so he posted this thing on. He bought three and a half million dollars for a box. It's actually kind of a small box. It probably has 12 or 14 um cases of pokemon cards inside like the the and what i mean by cases like a little four by four stack of um of uh, booster packs once again forgive my ignorance on this but is it something where you can buy packs that are even though you don't know what cards are in there they're worth more because they're more likely to have rare cards in it is that how that works there's people who just um, they want to look cool, and so they want to have like unopened uh, Pokemon card packs. Yeah, they're part of their the shtick was you would buy them. I actually have one in front of me. I was going to open it on the show. Uh, I'll do it right after these clips. The Pokemon cards were in sealed packages, and they had a random assortment, and there was no guarantee you get anything good. But they would filter in um, some rare, and then uh, basically like magic cards, you know, like all of these other things. Um, uh. rare and powerful cards you get sometimes once in a while so it's sort of a gambling it's weird it's like a loot box for the for the zoomers oh, out God. there it's exactly what it is Ugh. so he bought just he paid a fucking ridiculous amount of money but it's all you now, know is this for before or after he lost his pet pig I don't know about the pig. I don't really want to know about the pig is this between him winning the box okay so there's like the timeline of Logan Paul is he he made fun of a dead guy in the suicide forest in Japan and, and okay. threw Pokemon balls. He th- it was after he threw po- fake Pokemon balls at Japanese people in Japan and made fun of the suicide forest. But was it now? Was it after he won boxing matches? I don't know because I didn't follow the boxing thing. I don't know. I don't have a clue if that was twenty years ago or or y- yesterday. Is he even twenty years old? <laughs> I have no idea, dude. I'm just okay. playing the clip. All right. We're sitting in the vicinity of 11. Anybody had ever spent on Pokemon cards ever. I'm going to tell you why I don't trust the case, the contents, or the authentication. There's enough sketchy stuff going on about the origin of this box. Logan Paul may have spent the $3.5 million on fake Pokemon cards. This news has now reached Logan Paul, and it seems like he's taking this very seriously. He's going to fly to Chicago and sit down with BBCE to verify the validity of this box. The guys from BBCE who authenticated it are here to basically stamp their authentication. If this is fake, we're we're all in trouble because it looks so good. There's first edition packs in there. We're we're golden. The case value of this is going to double, triple. It it would legitimately be verifiably 100% the only sealed case in the world. Okay, so they have this case which has been passed around by people with too much money for a couple, it must have been a couple of years, where this guy bought it for two-something million dollars and he was holding on to it. And he ca- talked someone into, quote-unquote, authenticating it. I don't know how you authenticate it without looking inside. Uh, it's not even clear they did an x-ray of it. It's like, we looked at the plastic, we looked at the tape, it looked like it was tape. You know, no one undid it. That You know, we couldn't see where someone undid the uh, the packaging and put it back together. So it must be authentic, you know. It's, it's very low-quality authentication based on what these guys described. And there's no chain of custody. No one knows where the fuck this thing came from. And then you find out that this box... Um, 
which is just a cardboard box sealed up with some packing tape, <laughs> um, was it had like a sketchy story and everyone knew it was fucking sketch. But and that but they knew that and they just kept passing it up and so it kind of worked its way up to the to the um, biggest sucker who I guess is Logan Paul. They finally opened because there's so much doubt about it. They finally just opened it on the uh, on the channel and this is the reaction. Oh my God! Oh my, f- oh God, my God, bro! GI Joe! GI Joe! Oh my God! GI Joe! It could have been anything else. All right, that's it. G.I. Joe, that's it. And so they opened it up, and it looked like Pokemon cards, but it was actually, when they actually got to the card level, you know, they opened the box, they looked at it, the little boxes packaged inside them, they said, they look weird, they opened those up, and then they opened the the booster packs inside to see if there's G.I. Joe, or if there's Pokemon cards, and they were all G.I. Joe cards. It was fucking funny. That is, that's uh, amazing. And so he didn't get a refund, I assume. No, but the the thing was, he had the um, the company which authenticated it was real before he bought it. Like he didn't just buy it. I mean, it's kind of stupid, but he got someone to get a certificate saying it was real, and that company had like the two experts sitting there as so they the opened hook. it and found it was fake. Ah, it was pretty good. So, so the, so the company's on the hook. Yeah. That's well, funny. someone is. I don't know. It's I, they, well, he probably I'll made his this, money back. I was not surprised to hear Logan Paul and BBC in the same sentence multiple times. <laughs> All right. So Halloween passed um, some time ago, and the kids in my neighborhood, I was handing out candy. Uh, we were handing out candy, actually. I wasn't just being a creeper. But the uh, one of the kids was handing out Pokemon cards. Which I don't understand how that works, but they had a trick or trade, three additional game cards, little booster pack, and uh, I figured I'd open it because we're doing a Pokemon episode. It's probably the only time. Whoa, you're you're doing a live unboxing on the air? It's like an unfoiling. It's in a little plastic bag. Holy shit. So let's see. I got a, um, let me tell you what I got here. I got a Duskull. Well, wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. We got, I mean, you're doing an unboxing. We got to at least, like, get it a stinger here. All right, what we got? All right, I got a Duskull, which uh, I don't know what that is. I've got a Gengar, holographic Gengar with a big licking tongue, big dog-like tongue. Um, And it actually has a sort of an image of a Pikachu pumpkin on it which is kind of interesting it's a very festive holiday theme the back of the card is identical to the backs of the cards in uh, 1998 damn which is very cool to see that art just doesn't change i, I mean you can't because it's supposed to be a game right now this may be and, asking uh, a lot but do you think we could get photographs of what you unbox to put in the show notes that, yeah absolutely <laughs> oh yeah! I mean, I can t- take a picture and text you Yo, while we're on the show. Me a bag of Doritos. So, yeah, pretty cool. Do it. I don't know if they're good cards or bad cards, but we'll uh, just gotta get them all in the same picture here, or catch them all. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll send it to you after the show. We'll put it in the show notes. Hell yeah! I'm gonna take a sip of my drink. I'm gonna drink a beer. <laughs> beer, 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 beer. Oh, it's not so, beer, it's um, eggnog and Sailor Jerry's, but you know. Yeah, Pokemon cards, though, were a big deal in schools. They were people shutting down schools um, for various problems encountered with Pokemon cards. I got a couple clips. 
Quebec teen stabbed at school over Pokemon cards. This was in Montreal. Look at this. The woman teacher noticed that they were paying more attention to Pokemon than they were her. So she waited for the deck to get back to this young man. And then she walked over and grabbed that deck out of his hand. He got up and struck her dead in the face with his fists. This stuff is nothing more than unadulterated witchcraft. Yeah, and he he did say deck a lot, like dick a few times. Right, it's a deck of cards, kind of a play on words. It's a deck of cards, a deck of cards. Also, it sounds like that fucking bitch had it coming. Yeah. Dick is awesome. (laughs) I love dick. And I have to wonder sometime when a a, a grade school child is going to do what the Weeping Bell Razorleaf Pokemon card says. It says this. It spits out poison powder to immobilize the enemy and then finishes the enemy with a spray of acid. Yes. And I remember this Pokemon cards getting banned in schools. The schools in the town where I grew up in New Hampshire, they banned Pokemon cards from certain grades, certain schools. Um, churches wouldn't let the kids have them. They wanted to always trade them in the back. Be you know, after church on Sunday, they were cracking down on that. There were camps. Um, I was in Boy Scouts, and I remember Pokemon cards being banned um, from campouts because kids would bring the cards. But then later on, they let up on it because I, I remember my um, – there was a you know, week-long camping kind of thing. Uh, it's like the, the big week-long trip that you usually do if you're in Scouts. You go to the, the um, camp, and you get a lot of merit badges. I can't, I can't remember what the event's called anymore. But they actually had bef- – before I left Boy Scouts, there were people playing Pokemon cards again on those tables, so the ban got lifted eventually. So, um, But yeah, Pokemania was was huge. Um, I've got some stuff from back in the day that kind of puts it in perspective. Um, I see someone in abs in a six-pack. Jamboree, Servo. I think that's the right word. We have... Uh, but real, real quick, I just have one comment about this picture you just sent me. Yes. The middle card there, what's, what's that say? Gengar? Gengar. That guy's tongue. I mean, that guy can really clean up in a in the bedroom, if you know what I mean. I mean, that kind of tongue action. <laughs> that tongue is twice the size of his body, potentially. Yes. It's pretty awesome. That guy can do it. Do it. <laughs> um, let me get some Pokemania. I've got some Pokemania from it's just so hard to find these. I got I had it queued up. Here we go. NBC News 1999 with Brian Williams. Be forewarned if you haven't been already. The hottest thing in the 12 and under set is coming soon to a theater near you. Pokemon the movie joins Pokemon the video game and Pokemon the trading card as must-sees and must-haves. To start us off tonight, NBC News correspondent Colleen Dominguez on the craze that has now hit Hollywood. Okay, this bitch is, I think she's a psychologist. What? More than a game. No, not her. Sorry. Anybody know how to play this? How to get to... They have an interview coming up that, uh... I'm sorry, I interrupted too early. I prematurely uh, blew my load. Next level. Or a top-rated TV show. Pokemon is an undeniable obsession with children across the country. The upcoming Pokemon, the first movie, recently caused such a frenzy that the switchboard at Warner Brothers was flooded with 70,000 calls a minute from people desperate for tickets. The animated Japanese import created by Nintendo also holds the top five video game slots. Yeah, because it had more than one game. They had Pokemon Snap, the Pokemon um, Game Boy games, and Pokemon Stadium. I can't remember if that was out yet, but they had a just... They ran the board. So what exactly is a Pokemon? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That was Brian Williams in 1999 um, reporting on NBC. Actually, I think it was MSNBC. Interesting. Um, I got a little clip from CNN I'll throw in for more Pokemania. Finally tonight, it's the biggest thing from Japan since the Power Rangers. Pokemon is a multi-billion dollar (laughs) industry and the movie makes its debut nationwide tomorrow. Fred Katayama looks at the marketing tie-ins behind all this hype. The marketing blitz is on for the new Pokemon movie. It's Pokemania everywhere, from Burger King to the king of internet retailing. If you guys don't know what Pokemon... Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, We'll get back to Burger King, but this guy's Jeff Bezos. Pokemon is. You are... (laughs) Well, you're in need of some serious remedial toy education. Kids certainly don't need it. You're Jeff Bezos. by a TV announcement, they bombarded Warner Brothers headquarters... Wait, wait, wait. Was it actually Jeff Bezos? Yeah, it was Jeff Bezos in 1999 talking about Pokemon. Oh, I thought retailing. you were just saying he sounded like Jeff Bezos. I, I misread no, that. No, it okay. was Jeff. Jeff Bezos was on a press conference. Where was it? Where was Jeff Bezos's typical laugh? Where he goes, huh, 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 like Goofy. Well, I don't know. I'll play okay. it again. We'll see. It was just a little clip they used on CNN. To the king of internet. We got a bunch retailing. of clips coming up. <laughs> if you guys don't know what Pokemon is. You are, you, well, you're in need of some serious remedial toy education. Kids, sir. Yeah, that was Jeff Bezos. Wow. Certainly okay. don't so, need you know, it. Yeah. Prompted by a TV announcement, they bombarded Warner Brothers headquarters last week in a quest for free movie tickets with 70,000 calls a minute, shutting down communication. <laughs> yeah, they DDoSed it. All hype for wow. what some think is a surefire kitty blockbuster this year. Warner Brothers releases Pokemon, the first movie, tomorrow which Wall Street says could rival last year's hit, Rugrats. The critical issue for the analyst community is to look to see that the picture does 25 to $30 million opening weekend. If it does that, it'll go on to do at least 125 to 130 we see uh, from Rugrats with significant opportunities in the international market. Time Warner, the parent of this network, is doing a full court press. Its Atlantic Records division puts out the soundtrack, its TV network carries the cartoon series, and its stores sell the goods. So far this year, sales of trading cards, toys, and video games surpassed half a billion dollars in the U.S. I just realized, I think, Cartoon is Cartoon Network a Warner property or a Turner property? I was It, mm. it may have aired on that in some markets. It aired on WB where I lived. But anyway, sorry. I, you know, I, I think was sold overseas. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I don't even know why I bothered to say anything because I was just going to say, I think I need to look that up. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna look. I think it's Turner. Actually, I might be wrong. Turner, yeah. yeah, TLC. Or, yeah, sorry. T- yeah. yeah, sorry about that. Here we go. Hasbro, one of Nintendo's 100 U.S. licensees, is still fighting to keep up with demand, even after boosting production capacity 20 times. It's a unique property in that both boys and girls are attracted to it. So this almost doubles our market. We expect this to probably be the biggest success in uh, the toy industry's history. Burger King is running its biggest toy promotion ever, featuring 57 Pokemon toys over 56 days. Pokemons and dads beware. Analysts say these cuddly monsters have staying power. They're still going strong after nearly four years in Japan. And Nintendo plans to roll out 100 new characters next fall. 
Yep. Fred Katayama, CNN Financial News, New York. I think I left a little in at the end just to, for flavor. Well, I guess no end in sight for Pokemon. No, there's a lot of money, too. <laughs> exactly. That is Moneyline for this Tuesday. I'm Will Obey. And I'm Stuart Varney. Thanks for joining us. Good night from New York. Crossfire's next. Here's Bob Novak. Bob? Bob Novak next. Okay, did you hear the Burger King bit in there? They said Burger King in both yeah. of those. Burger King had the yeah, license yeah. to put those toys in, and then they then they killed two children with them. Do you remember that? <laughs> okay, the killing two children <laughs> part I don't remember, but I remember there being a Burger King. Pokemon was Burger King's answer to Happy Meals. I remember that. Yeah, and then and then they had this. Burger King and the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission want you to know about the voluntary recall of this Pokemon Pokeball. The ball may pose a suffocation hazard to children under three. Throw the ball away or return it to Burger King. The safety of your child is of the utmost importance to us. Yeah, so they had a huge... do this! They had a huge media blitz for the Burger King thing, and they, they were giving away two kinds of Pokeballs. One was um, one was a giveaway in, I think it was the Burger King Kids, Big Kids Meal. I'm going to play that. Remember Burger King Big Kids Meals? Man, I was not, I was not raised on fast food, to be honest with you. Oh, okay. But, well, uh, here's the commercial. I, I, I got fast the commercial food, for I, it. I, I, I reached fast food in my high school and college days. <laughs> Let's see. Here's here's the uh, the ad. The Burger King Big Kids Meal. It has more of the great-tasting food your kids love. Not to mention a little something else your kids may enjoy. What the Death. fuck? Pokemon. Now inside every Burger King Big Kids meal you buy, your kids not only get more of the great tasting food they love, they get Pokemon toys and limited edition trading cards from Pokemon the first movie. Pokemon and the Burger King Big Kids meal. Come and catch them all. Yeah, so... It basically pulled your little dick out in front of everyone and jerked you off until nothing came out because you are a boy. So basically, you're the coolest person we've ever met. I'm glad you had fun while everyone else had to watch an adult man jerk your little boy dick off. You guys Google it. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So Burger King, this is a whole episode. We can't go into the details, but the the story about this recall, I mean, this could be a whole different topic in itself. The failure of these um, government agencies trying to do the recall, Burger King not knowing what the fuck to do, they got in, almost in trouble by this agency for trying to recall it too early. They wanted to hold off. Burger King jumped the gun and pissed them off because as soon as they established there would be a recall, Burger King bought a bunch of ad space to do it. The government didn't want them to do that. They wanted to be, oh, we need a plan in place and we need to study it more and all this bullshit. And anyway, Wait a minute. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I just want to make sure I'm clear on this. Burger King bought ad space to announce the recall of their own product? Yes, Burger King bought ad space, which is this 15-second spot. Burger King and the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission want you to know about the voluntary recall of this Pokemon Pokeball. The ball may pose a suffocation hazard to okay, children yeah. under three. Yeah, okay. And, <laughs> oh, and they, oh, they, oh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> they used to play it after cartoons. Um, I have the news story. So anyway, there, there was... A kid died because the when the pokeball was it's separable, so the top and the bottom half um, they don't they're not hinged. They're just two pieces of molded plastic, and they come apart. And one of them has, you know, the pokeball has that circle on the front. Well, one of them ha- keeps the circle, and the other one has a um, 
sort of like a space for it to sit. It has like an arch, which fits right over your nose if you're a small child. And it, it's basically like putting a mask on, like a Bane mask, except if you don't take it off, you die. Here's the CH2 news uh, story. This is kind of long, so I'll cut it off. It's also kind of morbid. Now you so you can play the whole that. thing. I'm interested in the story. All right, I'll play the whole thing. It's a little of a downer. Burger King is recalling millions of Pokemon balls after a baby playing with one dies. Elizabeth Bermuda shows us what makes the toys dangerous. Pidgeotto, Psyduck, Eevee, Snorlax. With two young kids, it's no surprise that Heidi Wilcox knows who's who when it comes to the world of Pokemon. Both Emily and Hayden are like so many like youngsters caught up in the Pokemon craze. Well, as soon as Burger King came out with them, they were just... You know, they used to have those... Um, I can't remember what it was called. Beyblades. Way before Beyblades, oh, they were shit, like yeah. top fighting games. I remember Beyblades Bay where you'd like you'd pull you'd pull like the ripcord almost and it would spin a top. It's like it's basically like you pull out like this long um like a almost like a zip tie shaped thing out of the yeah 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 okay yeah. It's called a ripper. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just made that up. Well, but, it sounds, yeah, they, you, they, you, you sounded convincing. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I do. The the uh, the. Beyblades would make you imagine that the first ones to come up with a top fighting game, but there were those before, and the um, in the news report, they happened to show these kids playing with 90s era um, toys, like stuff that I recognize, and one of them is the top fighting game, where you have kind of pinball flippers, and you're trying to, you rip the top, and it goes on there, and you try and smack it in the other guy's goal. Anyway, that was the thing that sounded like a fart, was the was the top spinning, just let me get back on track but that's what it was gotta go gotta go gotta go and i'm sure as all the the um um fast food chains will say they run out of them as quick quickly as they get them in this is what heidi's talking about these bright colored pokeballs filled with little toys oh a spinning spinning it since November, Burger King had been giving them out with kids' meals, but that came to a sudden stop when it was discovered the balls could suffocate young children. In California, a 13-month-old girl suffocated when the ball covered her nose and mouth. Shoulders. When the Wilcoxes got word of potential danger of the Pokeballs, they told their kids. Oh, this this is actually pretty interesting. They asked the child who's, I don't know, she must be six or seven, somewhere around there. And they ask the child to explain the problem with the toy, and she gets it right. You put them up to your mouth, and you suck on them, like, it kind of like... Shut up. <laughs> You're horrible. You to your mouth, and then you can't get any air, and then you pass away. And because of that, Hayden and Emily are playing with their Pokeballs for the very last time. No. Honestly, I'm with them quite a bit of the time, so um, I wasn't real concerned about it, although I do have younger nieces and nephews, and that does pose a real big threat, so we're going to get rid of them now. This is how far we can. We get to keep them. Does now, these she, are the balls okay, that we're on. talking does about. This chi- <laughs> yeah, 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 does, yeah. does this child have her fingers up her nose while she's talking? No, she's just from New York. Ugh. This is good. <laughs> 
25 million of them were given out with kids' meals. They were either red and white or hot pink. And when you open them up like this, inside is a Pokemon toy. Now, Burger King says children under three are the ones that run the highest risk of suffocation. They're asking parents to either throw away the balls or return them to any Burger King for a free order of fries. And I'll- That's right. You get a free order of fries if you turn it back in. I'll cut it off there. <laughs> It's so weird. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. That's great. That's a pretty good deal, um, actually. Dude, I okay, so this is like all this is news to me. That's uh you're you're blowing my mind here with this stuff. I guess what wait did, um maybe you already said it, but I might have missed it. What what was the time frame of all this happening? Was this early nineties, late nineties? it was nineteen ninety nine. So it in just, just let me when get this po- story maybe straight. I, maybe I'm a fucking idiot because I didn't even look up when did Pokemon start. Was it 95, 96? No. It, it aired in the United States in first-run syndication September 8th, 1998. Wow. Okay. That was the when the anime. The Game Boy game was released in North America in early 1998. I think it was six months earlier. Okay. So 1998, we're talking about the Pokemania started then, but it really picked up um, in 1999. That's when everything took off. Everything got crazy. And so that's why all the news stories that I, I played earlier, those were like CNN. That was a 1999 report talking about how fucking bonkers this is. That's when they had the billion dollars yeah. franchise. So I would have been four or five years old at this time then. Oh, uh, yeah. I was like nine or ten. So I So when... Like, I guess it was, yeah, it, it, it would have been, I would have been, it, it still would have been another decade before I was allowed to play with Pokemon, <laughs> Pokemon cards. <laughs> well, it had staying power, right? Yeah. This, uh, this didn't go away. And to this day, it's still popular. I mean, well, I, I literally got a pack of Pokemon cards from a child who lives in this apartment complex. Well, let today, me ask you this. Or, or, you know, October. <laughs> did you beat the kid up for it or did they give it willingly? <laughs> No, I, I was uh, trying to get rid of all the candy, not get arrested. <laughs> all right. I got to get to this. And I hope I'm not jumping the gun. But do you have anything on Pokemon Go? Because to me, as an outside observer looking at people my age and people <laughs> decades older than me, Pokemon Go was the wildest phenomenon where when I was on a college campus, I would see not only people that were going to college, but college professors and seemingly grandparents or at least parents of people there running around, bumping into things, walking into traffic. You're walking. I remember the walking in the traffic because I was driving. It was that, insane. Like I, that I had to slam on the brakes so many fucking times. Oh, man. They Dude, had a feature nuts. in Pokemon Go where you could attract. Uh, There's like you could hit something, buy something, and then it would cause more Pokemon <laughs> to uh, to spawn in that area, right? And so you could go and set up this like on your app. It's like I bought this um, yeah. this thing and I hit a button and then it starts spawning Pokemon in this area. And what people would do is they'd go into the woods. I've, I should have found a story on this. They'd set up the um, the attractor thing and other people would see, oh, there's one over there. We'll yep. go get it. We'll get and then, and then they them. get robbed. Yeah, they mug them. Yep. <laughs> get mugged. Ah, well, now, I'll, I'll tell no. you this. I was in a bad part of town at that point because I was in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I was basically living in a glorified crack house. And there was definitely there were shootings all around where we were because what just long, nutshell version is um, I didn't get a free ride to college because I had good grades. But the people that got bad grades 
got imported from Memphis, Tennessee, and the crime level in the city went up over the next two years just exponentially, like shootings, bank robberies, you name it. People like running through the streets in the middle of the night, and it's hard to see them. <laughs> you know what I mean? And when it's dark. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just, you know, I'll take that we back. We were joking around again, sir, and it went too far, just mm. like it always does. Someone always gets hurt. But it was, it was, it was, it was, it was literally in my front yard. I thought I was so annoyed by the drug addicts, bums, people asking for money and, and just messing with my shit around and walking through my front yard and my property. But lo and behold, it was nothing. The crackheads walking through my yard and fucking with me. Turns out it was nothing compared to the fucking retards that were playing Pokemon Go. I mean, these guys, it was in, it was insane. You get I don't even need to elaborate anymore. It was like the fucking white fat college bitches running through my yard and when Pokemon Go came out. Jesus Christ. I could I, I'm going to stop talking I, about it now because I'm getting I, mad just fucking thinking about it. I got I got the Clinton uh, clip if you want me to play it. The full one, the 46 second one. Hit it. Ugh. So what we want is for more young people to be supported and mentored and getting those skills at community colleges, at apprenticeships run by labor unions and businesses. Because we're going to have a lot of jobs, jobs from building infrastructure to coding. To coding. Creating new apps. (laughs) I don't know who created Pokemon Pokemon Go. But I'm, I'm trying, trying to figure, figure out how we get, get them, them to have Pokemon, Pokemon go, go to, to the, the polls. Woo! Now I can die. Now my life is finally complete. <laughs> and maybe this fits with it. The Pokemon trading card game is a new collectible card game that is made and distributed by Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. What is a wizard? Male practitioner of black magic. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have There's everyone know somewhere. that I am officially a jizz wizard and is labeled as such in the OBDM Discord. I am a no. one of the four jizz wizards in there. Now, there's more politicians who would talk about Pokemon, not just uh, Clinton. Do you know about Herman Cain? Oh, dude, you remember he, Herman oh, Cain? Yeah, right? I don't just go ahead and hit me with it because I already know this, so I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, dude, All right, Herman I'm gonna, Cain. I'm gonna play. He's he brought it up twice. I'm gonna play the second one first. Here we go. Fuck, yeah. I believe these well, words came from the Pokemon movie. (laughs) The media pointed that out. I'm not sure who the original author is. Yeah, because even after they told me. So don't go write an article about (laughs) the poem. But it says a lot about where I am, where I am with my wife and my family, and where we are as a nation. Life can be a challenge. All right, and I'm going to play the original time. He said it actually in the Republican primary debate he in 2012. He said it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've got – I couldn't find a fucking clean clip of because that, I'm the, sure. The first clip you were playing just there was him having to acknowledge that he was 
uh, plagiarizing Pokemon, right? Yep, and I've, I've okay. used it to set up because <laughs> I couldn't get the clean clip. Here's where someone inter-spliced inter, uh, him talking with the song lyrics. Which I'm so I, glad I, you it got works. this clip. Here we go. The Pokemon trading card game is a new collectible card. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That was the wrong clip. <laughs> he wasn't that blatant. Here we go. It is clear from the discussion tonight that America needs... <laughs> this is on the stage at the debate. ...a leader and a uniter. <laughs> I represent growth. <laughs> All of the issues that we talk about, if we don't get this economic engine moving by putting fuel in the engine, all of the rest of it won't matter. A poet once said, life can be a challenge. Life can seem impossible. But it's never easy when there's so much on the line. We have a lot on the line. Send Washington a message and send a business problem solver to Washington, D.C. Congressman Paul. There you go. <laughs> I'm fucking dying. Moment. I'm fucking dying. Uh, Dude, that is perfect. so good. Oh, my God. <laughs> Man, speaking, wow, speaking of the music. I just told. Oh, sorry, I'm stepping on you. No, you're good. Speaking of the music, I, I got some stuff on the music. Let's see. I've got, um, well, we have the Pokemon theme song. I've had that sting in there. I should be using that more. Um, I got the Pokemon theme song in French, German, and Spanish. Uh, just a little clip. I didn't. It's not the whole song. I think I did like a 15-second bit just to get a flavor. You want to hear these? Yeah, I was thinking of like a Final Solution-related German Pokemon joke, but it didn't come to me, so you go <laughs> ahead and go. All right, here we go. Here's the French version. All right, and then we had the German version. Now those kind of they took the backing track and they just they just they they did it. The Spanish one did something a little different, and just listen to the hook. It's a little different. different you know what <laughs> yeah you know what blows my mind pokemon yeah, is pronounced the same in german as it is in english it's <laughs> <laughs> interesting who would have thought oh, who would have thought that's that's wild now the the english language singer of that was jason page and he was a session musician um who was doing a lot of commercials in new york the uh Guys who actually produced the music for Pokemon in the English language, the whole English soundtrack, uh, you know, the North American version of the soundtrack was totally different than the Japanese, which was a little more somber. They wanted to do a bunch of rock music, pop music stuff that was topical, and they uh, approached um, – I'm looking for my clip. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really bad at this. I have too many clips all of a sudden. They approached a uh, company that did ads. Too many clips, too many clips. I'm glad you got that reference. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, music, music, music. Uh, anyway, a they- Wawa can mate with a with a with a with a bullmastiff. 
Uh, here we go. Interview one is what I put it on. John Siegler is one of the two guys. There were two Johns. It was John Siegler and there was another John. I only clipped the Siegler interview. The other interview is actually great, but they're all like 20 minutes long. You can't you can't do that. So I did a little less than two minutes. It's like uh, one and three quarters of a John Siegler interview. And he was he's going to talk about the localization of Pokemon, how they got approached. You know, they needed some music for it and what his company was doing at the time and how they fit into it. What happened was we were very interested. Also, it's a f- telephone interview. Uh, sorry about that. Expanding into the television business. And John, who was an extremely important part of this whole thing, uh, was able to, to meet Norman Grossfeld, who was at the time uh, in charge of production at for kids entertainment uh, and we started working with Norman on some of the earlier uh, TV shows that he had. We did a couple of shows prior to Pokemon. We did a show called WMAC Masters and we did another show called Mr. Men. And then Norman brought to us Pokemon. And the first thing that we did with Norman, he, he needed a song. So we wrote the song that eventually became, I think we wrote one song prior to that. Uh, but then we wrote the song that became, uh, you know, I guess the best known Pokemon theme song, you know, I want to be the very best. And um, we wrote that song for, at that time, a sales film that would enable Norman and four kids to get Pokemon broadcast by a uh, an American television station or television network, which eventually became the uh, WB. So, we knew Norman. Norman brought this thing to us. And it, it, it's a funny story to me because when he brought Pokemon to us and he, he showed us some literature from Japan, and we didn't really understand what it was. We had no idea. And we just sort of got the gist of what the show was about, and we went ahead and wrote that song. And, and as they say, it's not the rest is history. It's just, it was amazing what happened. Yeah, so this guy, John Siegler, ended up in a company with another guy named John, who's, he said his name at the beginning, and I, I spaced on it already, but they had a ad production company, they were doing jingles for Coca-Cola, they were doing, you know, big TV ad spots where they would do the audio for it, and, and they got approached by four kids, or, or um, the guys who were imported, four kids ultimately did it. Um, Norman is... Jeez, I'm drinking wine, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's hey, I'm, I'm sloshed too, man. You don't got to. Hey, if this show is meant to be a sloppy show. So John Siegel I'd be was mad if you weren't drinking. You know what I'm saying? An internationally uh, touring musician before that. He was with, uh, he was the bassist <clears throat> for the Holland Oates uh, band, actually, to throw in something topical in the 90s. Yeah, like yeah. one time I like, dude, I got a bunch of Quakers. I was actually a delivery guy for a grocery store, and bro, they <laughs> filled that truck up with it, and I was hauling oats for about two hundred miles. Oh God, that's stupid. yeah. Okay, that was bad. That was not even true, but I was yeah. hauling oats. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll shut the fuck up. Yeah. This hauling oats. Cause you know it don't matter anyway. That guy. <laughs> I went too. I, that didn't go too far. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, what in the world is going on here? You can rely on the old man's money. All right, all right. We're trying to get taken down. <laughs> the old man's money. Let's right, like, Let's get back into it. <clears throat> here we go. Reset. Yeah. Uh-huh. I know we're getting. We got like 20 minutes till uh, till closing. And I know you have a shit ton of clips, so I'm just gonna shut the fuck up and let you do a presentation if you want. 
Yeah, sure. The Anyway, the singer they got in, they auditioned a bunch of singers, and they described it in the interview. He said, we wanted someone who didn't sound like a kid. We wanted him to sound older, but not like Eric Clapton. <laughs> we don't want him to sound like your dad's music. We want it to be uh, sound like rock, but and, and you can hear it if you listen to the soundtrack. I played some before the show. I don't know how much we're going to get away with uh, with doing it on, on here, but they, they basically did contemporary music from the 1990s, and they just ripped off whatever was popular. So they have tracks which sound exactly like uh, Michael Jackson, or, or, or not exactly like him, you know, but you can tell they're you like cop. Not that one. This one, <laughs> you know. You know. Yeah. They had. I gotta catch them all. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess that's the boys' band. I was thinking, I was thinking Thriller, like, you know it's Pika. Yeah, she like that. Like- <laughs> Pikachu. So, anyway, um, what I was getting at was. Herman Cain wasn't the only – oh, we, we did that. We did Herman Cain. We did Clinton. Um, go down my list here. I got some Hulk Hogan. I don't know if that's interesting. I'll play uh, a little dude, bit of Hulk Hogan okay, to talk about. First of all, I know it's stepping on OBDM's turf and Midnight Mike and all that stuff, but I am never going to turn down some Hulk Hogan clips. In fact, you should go ahead and do the Hulk Hogan bit, and I will queue up some Hulk Hogan ISOs while you do it. <laughs> okay. It's, it's a little underwhelming now that you've pumped it up, but here we go. Please give a I've been a huge fan of Pokemon since it began, and I'm really excited to be here. My son Nick is way into it. Yeah, that was Hulk Hogan. I think it was 2006. He was showing up at a uh, Pokemon uh, contest where I think they were playing a Nintendo version of the game, uh, N64. No, it must have been newer than that. But anyway, he (laughs) did some publicity with Pikachu. When when Hulk walked in, is this what he said? I still have no idea what this means. (laughs) He said this. Wow, Pikachu, what's up, dude? I like those red and yellow colors. Those are my colors. You know, that could be gimmick infringement, brother, but that's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kevin Costner. Yeah, um, I got one more clip of Hulk. I think Pokemon is so popular because it's pure entertainment for the kids. It's a very positive form of entertainment. It teaches them values and how to stay focused and team play. I think it's really, really cool that at a young age, kids like my son can get involved with Pokemon and keep those values all through their life because it is all positive stuff. Yeah, it's all positive stuff, Hogan. Here we that go. That kind of sounds like a lie. <laughs> <laughs> you got any more? I got, I got, I got a, a lot of Hulk ISOs. <laughs> yeah, hit, hit me with one or two more. Uh, there is no God. No God, no God, no God, no God. <laughs> oh, no. Who's sucking what down here? Something is sucking something. Oh, no. I, th- this is probably my favorite. What the fuck are you, a cop? <laughs> <laughs> I got like 30 fucking Hulk eyes. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, play one more. Duh. I'm going to need the two strongest guys to come up here and take their shirts off. Jesse and the <laughs> other one's called James. And listen to what it says about them. It says, prepare for trouble, make it double. Jesse and James are an evil gang looking to steal rare Pokemon. In the program, they're also prone to cross-dressing. They are prone to cross-dressing. That was a problem. (laughs) That's actually not an overreaction. They actually banned a few episodes of Pokemon, (laughs) including one which never aired. So the the ones that were banned um, of the early run shows were first the one that gave all the kids the seizures, by the way. They only aired that one once. 
seizures shows by the seizures <laughs> they only aired that one once so that was out of the running and that was very confusing i want to just say as a child trying to figure out what the fuck pokemon is without the internet there was a pokemon called uh porygon was that the one it, it was the digital pokemon and people would talk about it like they knew what it was, but it was never in the TV show. And that's where I got all my Pokemon info. So because it was never in that – I never saw that episode. I didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. <coughs> Sorry. I, I don't I, – and I, I've, it's embarrassing to admit this as somebody who is involved for some reason in an episode about Pokemon. Uh, it's embarrassing to admit I don't think I've ever actually seen a, an entire episode – of the Pokemon animated series. I think I've probably seen more Yu-Gi-Oh and played more Yu-Gi-Oh cards than Pokemon. Well, Yu-Gi-Oh is okay because it's like Pokemon a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you really want me to embarrass myself, I'll say in in the Christian elementary school I was in, we were trading star Wars trading cards. Hmm. Yeah. I made my own star Wars trading cards with Mm. (laughs) construction paper and uh, markers. Oh, that's right. how bad I was. I'll pull your dicks off too. <laughs> We've got. Um, I'll, I'll give you a little flavor of the Pokemon show. So they had, you know, Team Rocket did their thing because it was localized from Japan. They did some weird things, like they replaced every single instance of the rice balls that they would eat with donuts, and <laughs> and so they would be characters eating. You know, rice balls, like what Japanese kids would eat. And uh, they just keep calling them donuts the whole time. It was very, very funny. Uh, here's a clip of that. Huh? Have a donut. That always cheers me up. Pika, pika. These donuts are great. Jelly-filled are my favorite. Nothing beats a jelly-filled donut. Nothing beats a jelly-filled donut. They also had um, Ash's kind of rival in the in the show was a guy named Gary who would um, just Gary. cause trouble. He was... He was hyper-popular. So Ash's go-to Pokemon was Pikachu. I just want to set up some context for myself. Ash's go-to yes. Pokemon was Pikachu. What was Gary's go-to Pokemon? Gary had, like, every Pokemon. Oh, okay. Damn. And so- he would make fun of Ash all the time. Like, the one of my favorite scenes early <laughs> on, I used to say this with my sister. Like, the stupid phrase, um, which I only re- – I thought they said the whole thing out loud, but then I realized half of it was written on the screen. So what it says is Gary – the they get to a part in the show where they're going to, I think it's Cerulean City, and they're looking at the sign, Cerulean City, this way, and they look in the corner of the sign, and it says, Gary was here, Ash is a loser, like, <laughs> written on there. It's just funny. Cerulean City. Well, I guess we're headed the right way. And there's something else scribbled here. Yeah, well, they say some kids like to write silly notes on these signs. Who wants it say? Gary was here. <laughs> Ash is a loser. Loser? Oh, that Gary. Oh, that I'll Gary. show you. <laughs> <sighs> oh, man. So you are a loser. The Everyone hates you. <laughs> the second band episode was banned for cross-dressing, of all, of all things. And also, they even... Even in the uncut version of Pokemon, which I guess was released to... It, it, to, it, was, uh, banned, it was banned where? I, in- the, North America. That's so strange it, because, like, Monty Python and Saturday Night Live was doing – I guess it's because it's a kid's show, but I don't know. It, time, it had I giant guess, anime titties in it. Yeah, it's just – I guess it's just uh, – it just goes to show that times have so much changed since we were in middle school. 
What's funny is they did the cross-dressing gag a couple different times. It was usually a Team Rocket thing, and so, you know, Team Rocket, if you listen to um, uh, James, he's always played as kind of queer. Uh, not not overtly, but it's like he's got Queer the, in uh, a derogatory sense, or queer as in, like, I'm a girl in college and I identify as queer? It's, it's like a, um, he's like a theater kid. Like, everything's super dramatic. He wants to be on stage. He wants to wear fabulous clothes, that kind of thing. Not... But it's he like an also unsuccessful is with Freddie Mercury, <laughs> and yeah, occasionally wore uh, fake breasts and entered beauty pageants on the Pokemon show. I don't have a clip of that; it was all visual gags. But I did get a uh, clip of the last one that was banned. I remember this one. I heard from a friend that he saw it once. I think it may have aired once in America, and then it wasn't aired in the reruns. And I missed it the first time, so I never really saw the whole thing. But it just had a lot of guns inside it and people getting shot, which is weird for Pokemon. But uh, here's a 30-second clip of that. All right, free! These are ice packs we're gunning. I mean, ice guns we're packing. It's Team Rocket! (laughs) Cool. We're just like those supervillains in the comic books, except better looking. And even meaner. Ciao for now. And so they they busted into a store with a bunch of guns and a rocket launcher, and they held up the place, and then uh, shot someone on the way out. Super potion, please! Oh, and Ash runs in the door, and everyone has, because the Second Amendment is a thing in Pokemon Universe, everyone in the store is armed to the hilt. They all have machine, uh, like, AR-style uh, uh, guns. It's fucking awesome. Need a new gun. Don't shoot me, please. I'm... Stop! Drop those! He's not with Team Rocket! Yeah, exactly. Wow. Man. So... They also had a segment inside the show that would air between, um, like, the commercial bumpers called Who's That Pokemon? Where they would – because there's – you know, it, it started with 150 of these things. And, and that would um, be that would be a silhouette with a question mark in the middle of it, right? Yeah, it, and it would give you the Who's That Pokemon right before the commercial break. It sounded like this. Who's That Pokemon? Yeah. And then when they came back from the break, they would come back and they do the uh, – it's Beedrill, or whatever it is, right? It was pretty fun. Kind of warms my place where a soul was designed to go. Pokemon had a lot of repetition inside it between the Team Rocket gags, which happened every episode. The Who's That Pokemon bit was the same every episode. They had a Pokemon jukebox they would play at the end. Um, all the plots were kind of the same through the, you know, it's, it's kind of, it, it had a story, but there was a definite formula for how this was put together. And that's, what equals staying power if you're talking about getting children to... Yeah, how, how many seasons exactly did the television show run? And was there only I one think, season or was it like Dragon Ball where it had a bunch of spinoffs? I think it's still running now. No shit, really? Um, wow, yeah. okay. Pokemon is still airing now. Well, if it outlives um, South Park, I guess <laughs> Trey and Matt lost the war against the Japanese. <laughs> yeah, it's... um. I don't know. I can't find that right now, but th- it's definitely been around. I mean, just like there's making new Pokemon games, they're still making yeah, new. Pokemon I guess that makes anime. sense. I don't know why I'm surprised. I just it, when I think of Pokemon, I just think of all the '90s cartoons. Yeah, they had some stupid gags in there. Like they had one episode. Uh, the the protagonists are Ash and then Misty and Brock, who's actually one of the funnier guys in the show. Looking at it again, they would 
they went into a town and they had to make up a bunch of pseudonyms. For some reason, they didn't want to be recognized. And uh, this is the kind of shtick that they would do. They got asked what their names were. Uh, I'm, uh, Ketchup. Ketchup? Uh, no. My name is really Tom Ado. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, my name, my name is Anchovy. Uh, oh, and my name is Caesar Salad. <laughs> it's just fucking stupid. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. I'm going to go to break. I'm going to go to break. I'm going to come back. back. All right, All right we're, we're back. back. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> it's like Pokemon. Okay, Ugh. did I play the Justin Bieber? No, but I need to. My arms are yelling at me to hurt you. Let's I only have a few few clips left. Okay, I got... Um, okay. Remember when I said people who collect Pokemon cards? And the only people who seem to collect them now are basically Nepo babies, people who are... Or people who are just rich. What, what, what is a Nepo baby? Does that have to do with... Is that a derivative of nepotism? I don't know what a Nepo baby yeah, is. Yeah, it's, it's rich kids. Okay. It's... Make- it's Zoomy slang for rich kids. Okay, so it's just uh, it's just another it's like a uh, synonym for uh, trust fund kid, something like that. Yep. Okay. Trustafarian is what gotcha. we call them in Colorado. I fucking hate this monkey. Uh, he had a bunch of he made this creepy video. All right, let me just play this. All the Pokemon's first generation. Don't come at me. This dude, how old is Justin Bieber? I don't know uh, if he was around with first wait, generation. Wait, that's Justin Bieber? Yes. What the fuck? Why is he whispering like he's fucking... Why is he... <laughs> was he doing he's a Henry alone. Kissinger impression? <laughs> what is that? He's alone in his apartment, dude. Oh, my God. <sighs> Ugh. And it's like he has every single Pokemon card in some glass frame. And he's like... Hey, it's me, Justin All Bieber. The Pokemon I just want to first generation. Fuck. Don't come at me. Unless you got all the first generation Pokemon cards. Lit. All of them. Okay, Justin, we get it. You have all of them. Yeah, it's fucking weird. Loser! Okay? You're a loser! Are you feeling sorry for yourself? Well, you should be, because you are dirt! He had one more follow-up. This is, it's, it's another weird thing. He's just talking about his mad rare shit. What are these over here? Just some mad rare exclusives. Yeah, <laughs> that he bought from someone, right? What the, f- dude, I, you know, I was in he a good mood until you played those clips, man. That really fucking. All right, let me, let me cheer you up. I'm going to play <laughs> this one. I dedicate this clip to Cotton Gin. <laughs> you know Cotton Gin, right? Yeah. Uh, he once sent me this YouTube video, and then I, I'm drinking wine right now. And at the time, he sent me this clip, and I actually spit up all the wine I was drinking like five, years, <laughs> like ten years ago, something like that. Um, this, it's just a stupid gag. This is from Pokemon. Oh no, it's raining! Oh. Hey, I know. I'll use my trusty frying pan as a drying pan. And then he pulls out a frying oh, pan no. and puts it on his head. What the Believable. <laughs> Believable. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, st- I stopped okay. it ahead. Unbelievable. I, j- I, I would have liked it left. better if it was a reference to Mr. Game & Watch with a frying pan. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could get... I wish this this was empty enough that I could suck the... Str- you know what's like, man, this is embarrassing to admit. I'm drinking eggnog through a fucking straw. Oh. 
Oh, shit, I should have played this at the beginning. All right, everybody, it's 4.30. School is finally over. Time to go home, load up that bong, and watch Pokemon! There we go. I got it in. I got to get them all in. Mm, let's see, I got... Ro- I've been drinking green tea all goddamn day! <laughs> I got Ronda Rousey talking about Pokemon. Oh, shit. Yeah. That What's Ronda your opinion Rousey- of her, by the way? Well, you know, there's a joke in there somewhere. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> No, Pokemon, you better not have been teasing me. All right. Uh, I got the trading cards first. My first trading card was a Dragonair. And um, then I got the video game. I got I got it on Game Boy Color. Yes. And my first one was Pokemon Blue. And my first Pokemon was a Charmander. And I was immediately hooked on it. I lost a bunch of weight that summer. And I was a small kid because I would not stop playing. Like I literally would have, like, I'd be playing it and I wouldn't stop. And I would like have a stack of graham crackers and milk next to me because I would just be like I would not get up to milk I would just be like okay graham cracker and just like keep playing graham cracker and like okay I've gotten every single version of every generation of the game okay so uh, white the black the X the Y the X2 the Y2 Pokemon Stadium Pokemon Stadium 2 I mean the only ones that I didn't like play were like Pokemon Pinball and that like bullshit you know I did play Pokemon Snap I got the perfect sword in Pokemon Pokemon Snap, you have to keep hitting Mew over and over and over and over again. I couldn't figure it out at first because first I would just hit Mew once. Yeah, I had the US one question and that was it, man. That was incredible. That, I mean, like, hearing her talk right there sounded exactly like the conversation. I, or, or not even a conversation. That, hearing Ronda Rousey talk right there sounded like the ramblings that I get current day from my cousins who are five to ten years old. <laughs> She that was a very edited clip. I had to cut it down to like a minute and ten. But I'll let you guys talk it over. It goes on and on. She's talking about Pokemon Snap, how to beat Pokemon Snap, how do you get the top score, how do you how do you get new (laughs) she's got credentials. I mean she she just rolls it out. And this was uh, some kind of red carpet interview kind of thing. That's why there's people talking over her the whole time. Um, I mean that I don't I just if you would have, you could have told me that was a middle schooler, and I would have believed you. I would never have guessed that was Ronda Rousey. I thought it was very endearing. I, I enjoyed it. Let's see. I've got the Ron Paul twenty twelve Pokemon. Uh, oh fuck theme. yeah! Hit it. To catch them is his real test. To train them is his cause. He will travel across the land, searching far and wide. Okay, that was that was Jason Page, the original singer of the theme, did a version specifically for Ron Paul 2012. Yeah, I call him JP because he was he was a Ron Paul supporter and uh, did a him and Vince Vaughn, the two guys in entertainment. <laughs> Let's see, I've got um, Mewtwo's speech from Pokemon the movie. Um, oh yeah, I think I remember is, this one. And I've also got or Herman Cain talking about Muslims. Maybe we'll do Mewtwo, and then we'll leave on Herman Cain. I mean, potato, Which, potato. They're both pretty much the same thing, right? Uh, yeah, the the Herman Cain one has nothing to do with Pokemon. It's just, while I was clipping him, I wanted to get a Herman Cain clip. I, thought I mean, Herman, uh, when Herman Cain c- c- referenced Pokemon repeatedly, 
and I don't know. You maybe you couldn't blame that on him. Maybe that was his campaign advisors. But it was it's up there with the guy that said the rent is too damn high. Like at first, the rent is too damn high guy was always way above Herman Cain in the hierarchy of cool black guys running for president. The rent is too damn high guy was way better. But then Herman Cain was covered like just quoting verbatim Pokemon speeches, and then you go now it's an even playing field. Anything can happen. And I don't even think okay. they ran the same year, but it's still, for nonetheless. I got um, Jamal Williams I forgot to play. I'm trying to make sure I got all my clips out. Yeah. I got this the one. Fuck up. Uh, you just, just power through him. I'm sorry. Saints, uh, football player uh, for the New Orleans Saints, uh, talking about Pokemon. He talked about uh, I don't watch TV. <laughs> you didn't hear about it? I don't, yeah, I'm trying not to cuss. I don't care. <laughs> I just want to play football and go home. But you're holding me. You're holding me right now. I just want to go home and play Pokemon. <laughs> Go home and play Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon. Yeah, don't do that. You can't disrespect Pokemon like that. Pokemon. Pokemon. You sound like old. I got my nephew some Pokemon cards. They're kind of a big deal. Yeah. I don't know what cards you got on. They must have sucked because you you calling them Pokemon. But it's a fine. Never mind. I'm off topic. Come on. My bad. I'm sorry. And here's Mewtwo, uh, why you should be afraid of Mewtwo. This character over here is called Mewtwo. Every time that you see Mewtwo, he's in this pose. Three fingers. It means Hail Satan. Exactly. Let's hear Mewtwo's speech from the end of the first Pokemon movie. (laughs) The human sacrificed himself to save the Pokemon. I pitted them against each other. But not until they set aside their differences did I see the true power they all shared deep inside. I see now that the circumstances of one's birth are irrelevant. It is what you do with the gift of life that determines who you are. Don't tell Kamala Harris. Well, don't want to sound like a dick or nothing, but uh, it says on your chart that you're fucked up. Uh, You talk like a fag, and your shit's all retarded. I I have to say, because I've seen the Pokemon movie, as as uncultured as I may be, and as inebriated as I may be right now, I I have seen the Pokemon movie, and I have to say, Mewtwo, it's like, they, it's like, why did they have to turn him into like a Sith Lord? You know, I was he always like that? It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me that a Pokemon would be like, oh, I'm like an animal that gets cast out of a ball, but I have some kind of weird. Sp- yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just overthinking it, but it's just it. It never made sense to me that somebody like that would have an evil villain speech. I don't know. Yeah. And. You know, Mewtwo was the villain in the movie, and then right after that, they had that uh, when the musical opened. The villain was Meta Mewtwo, just to get some more lore in there, which was a mecha, like mechanized version of Mewtwo. I guess because the original one had too much free will, <laughs> like Mechazilla. So it's like a Mechazilla sort of yeah. thing. And uh, the fights on stage are pretty fun. They've got a lot of pyrotechnics and and whatever. So. <laughs> That's all my clips. The only thing I have left is two minutes and 16 seconds of Herman Cain talking about Muslims. If you want to play that, it's totally a non sequitur, but we could fucking do that. Dude, that. I can't believe you made it through all those. I I thought we were like halfway through. But before we get to all that, man, Rare Encounter. Oh, yeah. Seven, Rare Encounter every Wednesday. 7 p.m. Eastern every Wednesday. Yes. Every Wednesday. I like 
every Wednesday. I like the cross promotion bit you're doing. I did a little bit of cross promotion for you for this episode. I I thought in the spirit of Pokemon merchandising everything, I think we should have sort of to a compendium to this episode. I called it the Abs in a Six Pack Pokemon Collection. It's an ebook that I actually put together for you, um, and I included it with a clip. So I was I was wondering if you'd seen that. Yet. I I have not opened it yet, but I I oh. clicked on it right now. Should I open it in Microsoft Edge, Brave, or Google Chrome? Your favorite PDF reader. I don't think I. Well, let's just see. I'll click just once. Oh, this yeah. is great. <laughs> yeah, who, is this? Who, is that, who is that guy on the right? Is that supposed to be me? <laughs> I think it's a picture of you. I thought, unless I picked the wrong guy, I had a, I had a picture with like four faces, and I thought that was you. So, I mean, if it's, it's not- so pixel. <laughs> I mean, it, it might be me, but I've never worn a beanie that that's that, that's that color. But I shitmyass.com. Well, I love that. It um, could have been the guy standing next to you. I don't. I wasn't sure which one was I you, li- so I just picked one. <laughs> Did you cyberstalk me or something? <laughs> no, you sent me a picture once upon a time. Oh, it's you know who that is? I That's have. fucking Caleb, the, one of the original co-hosts of Abs in a Six-Pack. <laughs> oh, shit. So I guessed wrong. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you should send it to him. I didn't know which one you were. So I just kind of guessed, so right? so pixelated that I was like, maybe that is me. <laughs> um, no, you, you had the free money shirt on. Yes. Well, we all had that. That's <laughs> like, um, yeah, there's a whole backstory behind that. Dude, this is great. I'm, I'm scrolling <laughs> so through. So you sent me that. How yeah, long, dude, did you put some work into this? This is awesome. Can I link oh, this yeah, in the show so, notes for, so people can see it? I think you should host it on your own web server and then link it in the show notes. <laughs> okay, yeah. Maybe you can help me figure out how to do that. Dude, this is great. You see, you see the Hank Hill shit, you know? Yeah. You got for, Hank, uh, okay, dude, this is awesome. Charizard with boobs. Charizard with big tits. <laughs> Hank Hill. Who's that next to Hank Hill with the big old boobies? Some, some Pokemon. Fuck it, Peggy, dude. This I'm is awesome. I'm leaving you for Reshiram. <laughs> Bro, I'm so glad I waited till just now to open this instead of opening it before the show. This is crazy. Okay, I always listen to abs in a six pack, and it's a it's like a pair of legs, and as the crotch, it's a anime waifu girl. Yes, this is insane. This is awesome. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I'm gonna. Hey, what yeah, kind of po- I'm, I'm gonna have to Chris, figure what out what kind how of to, Pokemon like, are just, you? I'm gonna have to just have to figure out how to make this a whole page on on shitmyass.com. Yes, absolutely. But uh dude, oh dude, thank you. This was this was great. Uh you you, <laughs> you I'm and uh I'm actually just because for the lols now because I said it, I think I'm going to have to meme it into existence. Uh, I think I need to have cold acid on soon for a Digimon episode. <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. Even if he has nothing to no idea about it. Uh we can just both find out together. But, dude, thanks. Uh, obviously, R- Rare Encounter, it's rareencounter.net, I believe. And it's live on the yep. No Agenda stream every Wednesday at this. And I've I've said this on Misinformation, and I'll say it again because I'm not the type of person to say something behind somebody's back on podcast. I'll say it to your face. <laughs> you picked the exact time slot of my favorite podcast. Yes. It's also a No Agenda adjacent podcast. So I, <laughs> I know. I listened I listened to Rare Encounter the day after it comes out. I never I've like almost never listened to it live because you 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 just you stepped all over uh, all over my favorite show's turf. I don't know what to do. Sometimes actually if I'm really feeling autistic, I'll listen to two separate headphones and have one in each ear. But then I just feel like I'm schizophrenic, so I stopped doing hey, that cuz I, I get insane. worried about 
I get worried about that time slot because at the same time the uh, the uh, Adam Curry's other podcast <laughs> is recorded, the one he does with his wife. Oh yeah, it's our time. It's our time slot. That's yeah. what he does. It's like oh, is he do that live bumped. now? He doesn't. They record it at the same time we record Rare Encounter. Yeah, I mean, f- to be fair, Wednesday. And so they can't, right? I, I, they can't because like, we we're in there. I know. I'm I'm just goofing to put in it like. Honestly, because pretty much every podcast I listen to streams around that Wednesday time slot. It's not just you and OBTM. Yeah. Like I was doing that. Um, I was doing around that time slot before. Uh, I think you guys even started Rare Encounter. So it's like every everybody's always doing that, that Wednesday evening time slot because it's Hump Day. It's perfect. But yep. obviously, rareencounter.net. It and and honestly, Potato News is a <laughs> news segment that I look forward to on a, on a weekly to monthly basis more than any other news segment. There's oh. and, and actually, you know what? I'll say this, and this is no bullshit. There's fast food news on OBDM and potato news on Rare Encounter. <laughs> what other news do you need? I'm so fucking sick of political news, and it was such a breath of fresh air to be updated on Pokemon. I, I uh, love, I, I love it. I, I'm... <laughs> I'm so t- I'm 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 genuinely and like no bullshit I'm genuinely tired of politics. So when it comes to any anything whether it's Pokemon news, potato news or fast food news, I I love that shit, man. So that means, uh, you, that I, means a lot I'm, to me. I'm getting cold acid on next. It's been too long <laughs> since uh and thank you for finally for, thank you for finally doing this. This was like a great yeah. episode. I I had a lot of fun. Have we done it? Have we have we reached the end? I think probably yeah, because like I honestly, it's like I'm embarrassing how much I'm just uh, trying to make out with you right now. While we're on the topic of faith and religion, the next question goes to Mr. Kane. You recently said you would not appoint a Muslim to your cabinet, then you kind of backed off that a little bit and said that you would first want to know if they are committed to the Constitution. You expressed concern that, quote, a lot of Muslims are not totally dedicated to this country. Are American Muslims as a group less committed to the Constitution than, say, Christians or Jews? First, the statement was, would I be comfortable with the Muslim in my administration? Not that I wouldn't appoint one. That's the exact transcript. And I would not be comfortable because you have peaceful Muslims and then you have militant Muslims, those that are trying to kill us. And so when I said I wouldn't be comfortable, I was thinking about the ones that are trying to kill us, number one. Secondly, yes, I do not believe in Sharia law in American courts. I believe in American laws in American courts, period. There have been instances... There have, been, there have been instances in New Jersey, there was an instance in Oklahoma where Muslims did try to influence court decisions with Sharia law. I was simply saying very emphatically, American laws and American courts. Uh, so on that point, Governor Romney, let me come to you with this. On that point, what Mr. Kane is saying that he would have, what my term, not his, a purity test or a loyalty test. He would want to ask a Muslim a question or a few questions before he hired them, but he wouldn't ask those questions of a Christian true, or a no. Jew. Sorry. That, no, you are restating something that I did not say, okay? okay. If I may, okay? Let's make, please, let's make it clear. When you interview a person for a job, you look at their, you look at their work record, you look at their resume, and then you have a one-on-one personal right. interview. Right. During right. that personal interview, 
like in the business world, anywhere else, you are able to get a feeling for how committed that person is to the Constitution, how committed they are to the mission of the organization. But, you but can I asked, when I asked you this question the other night, though, you said that you would want to ask a Muslim those questions, but you didn't think you would have to ask them to a Christian or a Jew. I would ask certain questions, John, and it's not a litmus test. It is simply trying to make sure that we have people committed to the Constitution first in order for them to work effectively in the administration. I think he should have been president. I like how we we're just patting ourselves on the back about not doing political things, and then we play that clip. I was uh, thinking about it as we played. I, it. Honestly, like, hey, like, do don't, don't rope yourself into me. Like, don't don't uh, don't throw yourself <laughs> under the bus with me. I threw myself under that bus. I'm pretty drunk. I was I, I I was while that clip was playing. I was reflecting on how rambly I got right before the clip played, and I just got embarrassed about it. And also, I've been scrolling through this, dude. This this ebook you made is so good. I want it to I want it I want it to be the like wallpaper on my wall in my bedroom or at least in my studio. This is great. All right. All right. Well, oh, until dude. next time. Okay. Thanks for having me on. Dude, thanks for coming on and uh shit. You know what? I don't know if this is even the right video and uh I am going to kill the stream or at least kill the no gen stream, but I am going to play this pastor's 35 minute sermon right now on my stream at shipmyass.com or podtard.com is the best way to get there. Hopefully it's the right one. You're going to hear a pastor talk about Pokemon on the go and tied into CERN Switzerland and how there is a portal being opened up in CERN Switzerland that is actually changing through the Mandela effect, the words of the Bible. And he has a congregation of old people in this in this sermon, just like lapping it up. And you know what? He's probably right. That's the crazy thing. RareEncounter.net, everybody, Wednesday, every every Wednesday at 7 p.m., your one-stop shop for potato news and uh, anime waifus. I think that rhymed. <laughs> Thanks, Abel Kirby. You're the man. No, thank you. It was good. It was fun. Watch your butthole. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Revelation with, with me this morning, please. Chapter 9. Revelation chapter number 9 and verse 1. Let me say this right at the beginning, folks, when I preach anything from the book of Revelation. I believe the book of Revelation belongs in the canon of Scripture. I believe it's inspired of God. I believe it's a matter of the Holy Spirit helping us to interpret what we're reading and make the applications of it. But I believe that what's talking about in the book of Revelation, especially chapter number four on throughout the rest of the book, is yet future. That we're looking into the future. So the book of Revelation opens up the future for us. So if you want to know what's going to happen tomorrow, the next day, next month, next year, the book of Revelation, this is what it's called, the revelation to reveal of St. John the Divine, the Apocalypsis. So in Revelation chapter number 9 and verse 1, the scripture says, And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them 
It was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it and shall desire to die and death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared to battle, and on their heads were as it were crowns like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men. They had hair as the hair of a woman, and were teeth were as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates as it were breastplates of iron. The sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. And they had tails like unto scorpions. And there were stings in their tails, and their power was in hurt. Their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit. Watch this. Whose name in the Hebrew is Abaddon. But in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. Woe, one woe is past, and behold, there come two woes more hereafter. Bless this holy book, my Father. I pray in Jesus' name now for unction to preach it. In thy name I pray, amen. You can be seated. Now what I'm going to preach you this morning may be one of the most important messages that I've ever preached in all the years that I've been preaching the Word of God. I have been introduced to something the past week. I have, had not, I have not had enough time to study it exhaustively. But what I have studied has alarmed me greatly to the point to where I need to get this material out to you that are listening. I originally had planned to preach this tonight. But the Holy Spirit changed my mind and said, preach it in the morning. So this morning, I'm going to preach you a message about something that is happening right now while you're sitting in this auditorium. It's in CERN, Switzerland. Now, you may not be aware of what's going on over there, but there's a thing over there that's called a Large Hadron Collider, and it is an accelerator. It accelerates particles and then brings them to the point of collision. So this Large Hadron Collider was started up just a few days ago, and it's still in the initial process of being brought online completely. You say, what in the world does something like that have to do with me and the Bible? It has a lot to do with you and the Bible. I cannot and will not attempt to speak as a physicist. It would make me look like a fool. My purpose this morning is to try to be a liaison between them and you is to try to take what's going on in that collider and break it down to where I can understand it and I can give it out so you can understand it to where it makes an application to your life and to this world as we know it today. For what is happening in that collider is an astounding thing. So I want to read something to you this morning from what's called a theoretical physicist. This man, his name is Stephen Hawking's. He's well known throughout the world. Anyone that has anything to do with with nuclear energy or has anything to do with physics knows this man and he is one that some rate even on the level of Einstein and uh, of that level and so I'm going to read to you what this man has to say about what's happening right now in CERN Switzerland listen carefully these are the words of Stephen Hawking's he recently warned the reactivation in March of CERN's large Hadron Collider could pose grave dangers to our planet. The ultimate reality, check, we are warned. Hawking has come straight out and said, the God particle, and this is what you've heard referred to time and again as the Higgs boson particle, the God particle found by CERN 
could destroy the universe. Now let that settle in. This man is an atheist. And he says there is no God. Yet he says that what's happening right now in CERN, Switzerland, and I'll give you what they're trying to do in a moment, what's happening at this very minute in CERN, Switzerland, has the potential to destroy the universe. This is a theoretical physicist. Now, physicists come in all kinds of sizes. Astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson has also sounded the alarm in a hypothetical manner by telling anyone who might want to blow up a planet how to do so is this CERN's attempt to do so by attempting to recreate the Big Bang within a man-made structure. This has frightened Stephen Hawking so much. Do they know that they know that they know what they are doing? Ask yourself, how much energy is keeping it together? Neil deGrasse Tyson told co-host Eugene Merman on his Star Talk radio show, then you put more than that amount of energy into the object, it will explode. Now, now I think I've got your attention. I've quoted two physicists. These are scientists. These men do not agree with what's happening in CERN, Switzerland right now. There is a 17-mile-long accelerator that lies 300 feet beneath the surface of the ground. This area is where France and Switzerland come together. So part of this accelerator is located in France and part of it in Switzerland. It is a joint European project. The United States of America is there as an observer. But the, but the brain power that's going in to this experimentation originates in Europe. They are attempting to recreate what they believe happened that brought all of this into existence as being the Big Bang. Now you and I know from the book of Genesis chapter number one that in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. He spoke it into existence. They are finding things and this is what's important for us to understand today. They are discovering things that they did not expect to discover as they get deeper and deeper into this, uh, into this experimentation and uh, development and research and so forth. They are beginning to find out that there is a whole lot more to the creation than they had ever given thought to before. They're beginning to find out that there's something going on here that boggles the human mind. That literally blows us apart when we try to even comprehend what's happening. This 17 mile long underground tube that is uh, located there in Switzerland has I think four or five different points where they collide with some say protons and maybe something else. But particles that are being moved at or above the speed of light inside this collider. Now for your information, there is one near us in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, but it is not nearly as large as what we're dealing with here. And apparently the larger the collider, the more speed that they can attain and the more they're able to get deeper into what they're looking for. 
They're looking for the very building blocks of what brought all of this together. To give you an analogy, let's say you have a house. You observe that house, it's beautiful. You think, my goodness, let's see how this is put together. And so you start taking the house apart and you expect to find nails. But instead, you find glue. That fascinates you that much more. Because you find glue holding this house together, you wonder to yourself, what was this glue like before its hardened state? Because you see, once the glue glues the things together, it hardens, solidifies. They want to know what the glue was like in its liquid state. So they're going through this to go back to that point to where they can separate and find out what this was like then. And by doing that, of course, they can build on the information and knowledge that they attain. Now, what's going to follow in the message this morning is the implications of what's going on. But let me give you just a little bit of what has been happening. Where they have done this experimentation, strange things are happening, unexpected by the scientist. Paranormal phenomena, they like to call it. Apparitions, ghosts, all kinds of demonic spirits are beginning to manifest themselves in ways. Here we have, in CERN, Switzerland, a huge wheel. Inside that wheel is a Hindu god, and his name is Shiva. He does a dance of destruction inside that wheel, and his purpose is he is one of the triad gods, one of the greatest gods of Hinduism. Shiva, Vishnu, and Brahma. Brahma is the god of creation. Vishnu is the god of preservation. But Shiva is the god of destruction. The way the Hindu sees it is that when Shiva destroys, it's not for the purpose of annihilation. He destroys so that Brahma can come and recreate. So now when the Hindu sends their scientists to CERN, they put this out there in front. And so what these people are doing with the collider is destroying what comes together, but for the purpose of recreating and find out what brought it into existence to begin with. Are you following me? Now here we have men that are scientists on an average of an IQ of anywhere from 160 to 200 or even above. These are some of the smartest brains in all the world. No, no question about it whatsoever. I pick up physicists and try to read some of this stuff. I think, good night. Forget me. That's for, a, that's for a brain that is wired that way. No question. But we were told when Darwin's theory of evolution came out and became vogue, that it would destroy the foundations of Christianity. And this old book that we hold in our hands, this old outdated Bible, would no longer be relevant. And a lot of people bought into it. Because after all, Darwin is scientific. But it's an amazing thing now that 150 years later, we have some of the greatest scientists in the world that are becoming very religious. Because here they've got Shiva. They've got dances to Shiva. And they are definitely being connected with Shiva as they're finding things. Let me give you one example. In one of their collisions, when they collided these particles together, they saw things. They were apparitions. They didn't expect to see. They didn't fit in any model. They didn't fit anywhere. 
They don't belong. But they, they could not deny the reality of it. Something was going on inside there that they could not explain. And it was scary for them. For the scientist has his paper and his pencil and his books. And if it doesn't fit in his paper and his pencil and his books, it's out the window. They don't understand. They have a hard time accepting the fact that there is a spirit world out there. That spirit world was created by a spirit being. An almighty, eternal, absolute being that is from everlasting to everlasting. Who put in me what I am today by the power of almighty God. God and by the power of the new birth. But a scientist like that will never admit that because that takes it out of his control and his power. He's got to be able to, he's got to be able to demonstrate his theory and put it into motion. But anyway, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I want to leave this with you. I want you to think about what I'm saying. Stephen Hawking and a theoretical physicist has warned these people, you are about to open Pandora's box. And once you open Pandora's box, you cannot put Pandora, you cannot put back in what came out of that box. Now let's talk about some of the stuff that's going on. I think I'm trying to lay a foundation for you to get you to understand what we're dealing with. So the house, you take it apart and you see the glue and you find it in its hardened state. And then you want to find out what can I do to bring this back to its original state and then what can I learn from that? So you've got to be able to take it back. You've got to be able to go back. You've got to move through time. That's what you're doing. You're moving through time. This is what it's about. They want to know what that matter was like before it came into its present form. They must determine what holds it together. They must break down the element and see what holds it together. Now, folks, if you know your Bible, you know what's holding it together. This is a big deal to these people. What's holding this together? The Bible says all things are uphold or withhold, upholded by the word of his power. A word is a spiritual thing. You can never put it under a microscope, but it's real. Who sealed you until the day of redemption? The Holy Ghost. Who put life inside your soul? Where your heart is set on fire when you read his word and pray. The Holy Ghost. Who in this house would deny this morning the reality of a spirit being that saved you and wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life and indwelled you right now? But they want to know. They want to find out. CERN allows them to examine particles in their initial state. Not after it's bonded together. So what has come from CERN? Now listen carefully what I'm going to say to you. I'm not going to, this is not exhaustive, but this is what I've gotten so far. What has come out of this? They have a list of their accomplishments, their achievements, and all of that. That's all well and good. But one thing for certain is what's called antimatter. How many's ever heard of antimatter? Antimatter. Now, if you'd asked me two weeks ago what antimatter was, I'd have said, well, it's matter. It's against matter. <laughs> And have a clue. <laughs> I wouldn't know where to start, where to end, where I was if I got there. Let me tell you what antimatter, some of the characteristics of it. There are those that believe that for everything in the universe that is matter, that there is a corresponding antimatter. Corresponding. That there's a connection between the two. That matter, for example, take a piece of wood. It's matter. This is matter. This is matter. 
matter, matter. It's something physical or something real, all right? If you act upon it, act upon that matter, it can burn wood, for example. You've acted upon it, but you've had to act upon it. You've had to do something to cause the wood to burn. Antimatter, on the other hand, is a very unstable thing that does not need to be acted on. Unless you do something to contain it, it's going to burn. It's very volatile, and it is very, very, very uncertain as to what all it's capable of doing. Antimatter is a product of this experimentation in CERN, Switzerland. Antimatter is coming from it. Antimatter is so powerful that one man says that one grain, one grain of antimatter is the equivalent of four atomic bombs that were dropped on Hiroshima. I got on the internet and did a little research. Nelson Mandela spent uh, decades in prison in South Africa for uh, sedition to try to overthrow the government. And uh, while he was in there, uh, he died, according to some people. They thought Nelson Mandela died in prison. But the fact of the matter is that he did not die in prison. He came out of prison and became, the, and became the president of the South African Republic. And he was the leader of the ANC. And if you want to read a good book on that, Randy Pike has got a book on the history of communism in South Africa. And it's an outstanding book. And I've read a good bit of the material in it. And Brother Pike spent decades down there in South Africa and knows what he's talking about. But in any event... When you talk to people about Nelson Mandela, a lot of them think, well, he died in prison because it's implanted in their memory. It's like the picture that you see of the, of the lion and the lamb. See, it's implanted in their memory. But it's not, re, it's not a reality. It's not true. He did not die. But that's the Mandela effect. It's the idea that you have something so ingrained in your mind that you see, you, 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 you can't see it any other way. And if when you're, when you're presented with with indisputable evidence that what you believe is wrong, then you've got a problem with that. It blows your mind away. And this is what's happening with it. Now, I'm going to take Isaiah 11. There's other passages they like to use, and there's other things, the Berenstain Bears, the Berenstain Bears, and all this other stuff. But the only thing that concerns me is the Scripture, because this is a direct assault on the authority of the Bible, folks. If they can get you to believe that at CERN, Switzerland... They have, they have opened up access to a parallel universe. And by opening access to a parallel universe, they're able to travel in time and go back and change the Bible that you've got in your hand. Then they'll cause you to lose faith in the Scripture. And, of course, there is no absolute, there's no proof at, proof at all they did. But here's the point. You have seen so many paintings of a lion and a lamb. So many of them. A lion and a lamb. That you believe that the Bible says in Isaiah chapter number 11 and verse 6 that the lion shall lie down with the lamb. And a lot of people believe that. But when you take it and read it in your Bible, it says wolf lies down with the lamb. Then you come along and you say, see where they changed that? They've changed that. And a lot of Christians, no doubt good Christian people, and I don't question their love for the Lord, believe that they have altered your Bible. And when you do that, then, of course, you've assaulted your faith. Now, as I told you, Brian Rowland the other day 
had the state of mind to look up the Dead Sea Scrolls because he knew that a 57-foot-long copy of Isaiah was found with the Dead Sea Scrolls that dates to about 300 B.C. That's only 400 years removed from the original autograph, see? And guess what he found? Wolf lies down with a lamb. So, you know, pray for these people and discard that as a bunch of psyops where they're messing with your mind. But what it is, is a frontal assault. Frontal now. Frontal. Head on. Against your Bible. And another element that creates so much confusion in this is all of these translations that are proliferating by the day. And so you've got to keep in mind that the Bible that you hold in your hands, and I hope you've got... As the old folks up in the mountains said, a real Bible. <laughs> they said, give us a real Bible. So what are you talking about? A King James Bible. <laughs> that was a real Bible to them. So if you've got a real Bible in your hands, it says, wolf lies down with a lamb, and it is God's inspired word. But the point, the greater point of all of this, is that they're messing with your mind. Now, how many ever heard of Pokemon on the go, or Pokemon Go? Now, this is like wildfire. And honestly, I hadn't heard anything about it a week ago. I've just been tied up in so many other things. But I've just spent a little bit of time the past few days, and here's what's happened. Nintendo, that created Pokemon about 20, 30 years ago, whenever it came out, was just an innocuous, innocent little game that they played on computers and what have you. A little speck moving around on the screen. But since then, this thing has morphed into a, a virtual reality, a world of virtual reality that is connected with ground positioning satellites. Therefore, it knows where you are and it's leading you to a certain place that this Pokemon, which represents an avatar, a demon, whatever you want to make it represent. One of them had Hillary Clinton on there, so, you know, chasing her around. <laughs> I mean, you can put whatever you want to on there. <laughs> Why anybody want to do that's beyond me. But, but anyway, the idea is that you're living in this, this, in this virtual reality and you are glued to this screen because this thing has captured your attention. And, and not, it's not that you're watching something in a static sense that it's right here before you and it's doing it. This thing's leading you somewhere. It's moving. You're trying to catch it. And, so you're, and, it's, and it's showing you it's over here in this graveyard. Now it's in this, in this, in this IBM building. And it's, it's over here and it's over there. And so you're following this thing and the idea is to catch it. And people have walked off the cliff. People have wrecked their cars. People have walked out in front of automobiles. People have completely lost it. People are meeting now, conjugating, coming together by the hundreds in one location because they've been led in there. And the bottom line is that they are using that, I believe, to it's like a test to see how brainwashed the American public and the public of the world finally, if you're finally at that point now where they can just lead you along. All they have to do is create some little, some little sparkler in front of you and get your attention because the whole culture is as shallow as it can be and lead you along. You live in a culture today that is far more interested in how you smile at them as to what you believe. The church is 50 miles long and a quarter of an inch deep. 
however way you want to say it. And that's the problem. But that also showcases what's going on here today, that this virtual reality, a world of virtual reality can take you deeper than you ever wanted to go and implant things in your mind that you never wanted to be put there. And the first thing you know, you'll be on the Internet, like I read from so many of these people, where they write in and say, I'm addicted to Pokemon on the go. I'm 37 years old. I'm a mother of two children. I had never had any idea that something like this could grab me. And she says, I'm addicted to Pokemon on the go. And she's not alone. So what you've got here now is this high-tech generation, high-tech. They give you a couple of generations to get accustomed to it. And you're using it as part of your daily life. And now they're beginning to manipulate you with it and control you with it. And that's what's going on with Pokemon on the go. Shitmyass.com. 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 <laughs> oh, God. Well, dummies, you just wasted another amount of your non-precious time listening to abs in a six-pack. When are you going to stop? You know, there's very few of you. If, you. if this is like a hands-on-a-hard-body thing of trying to figure out who will be the last person to actually listen to this show, it's a lose-lose proposition. By the way, he asked me to do this. The head moron who makes the show. <laughs> The secret is, I think he's the biggest moron of all. It would indicate that you're a bigger moron for listening to his show. However, I think somehow that's not true. He actually is a bigger moron than the rest of you. Anyway, go outside. Read a book. Ride a bike. Take a walk. Go walk a dog. Go kiss somebody. Whatever there is, I can think of one million things to do better than listen to this dumb, crummy show. Abs in a six-pack. Well, I bet for most of you, you're half right. <laughs> this is Master Shake. Do something with your lives.